0: Hey, welcome to the 256th episode of the Random Podcast from Heck. My name is Tony, and this is the podcast about random things in the world of entertainment, which includes movies, TV shows, comic books, and San Diego Comic-Con. Big shout out to Dave McPhail and and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gmanfromheck. Any amount you can commit to will be Awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional thirty minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. Uh, I've recently been talking about some classic movies. I talked about the Amazing Spider-Man from two thousand twelve. Talked about American Psycho. Talk about the movie you probably never thought you'd hear about, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Um, next week, I, I got a couple of options, so so we'll we'll see what happens there. And other times I talk about classic comic book story arcs. But if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash Gman from Heck. You can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or five. That is ko-fi.com slash Man from Heck. So what is going on in this episode? I am determined to give you a proper... A normal, normal as normal as possible episode, despite me traveling to San Diego Comic Con and, and dealing with all that. I'm be, be on, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna I'm making a uh, I'm making a podcast more of a priority than processing, editing videos, and getting those posted. I don't know if that's a crazy move because of how much I'm spending on on airfare and hotel and everything, but. I gotta keep this consistent because with with yeah we'll we'll see and I'll try to get the other stuff as soon as possible. So the majority of the podcast, you know, we, we got last week's Westworld season four episode four, got the third episode of Blackbird, second half of of Resident Evil, and then I'm gonna talk uh, about what I experienced at Comic Con. It won't be everything. Because I'm going to have to record this, you know, before Comic-Con's over so I can get it posted and everything. Um, get it ready to post before I fly back home. and But it'll be the majority of, of what I experience and, and so forth. And the main feature, I'm going to make sure I talk about The Gray Man, which is a, the Netflix movie by the Russo Brothers with Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, and some other people, awesome people as well so you can hear all of that but let's get to the news kind of crazy news which I, it's not really crazy but it kind of is is a uh, deadpool deadpool 2 and logan are coming to disney plus or the, it's, i think they're already on disney plus now so not really surprised but it's not something that you really expected to see um could this mean there's a Deadpool, Logan, no, there's not going to be that happening, but so that you can watch those now at Comic Con. So a bunch, bunch of stuff to happen at Comic Con, and I'm probably going to miss miss all of it. Uh, they re- released a, a trailer for Dungeons and Dragon, so from Paramount, and it has Chris Pine. I forget who else is in it. It it actually looks looks like it could be fun. Uh, I'm I'm not the biggest Dungeons and Dragon fan. I have absolutely nothing against it. I just never played it. I may have mentioned it one time, I went to a friend of a friend's house. We were actually like setting things up. We were gonna play it. I was like, okay, I've never played it before. But then it just, as we started to do it, it just, we didn't get to it. It seemed like there was a lot of setup and everything and it just never happened. I used to have this board game, actually it was my brother's board game called Dungeon, but that was not Dungeons and Dragons. So not quite the same thing. So I never got the, the Dungeons and Dragon experience so maybe i just missed out so but the movie looks fun and and i can't remember if the core characters i thought that they were like regular characters somehow brought into this dungeon dragon world i don't know if that's still the case or not i didn't get that impression from the the trailer or the synopsis i posted it i happened to swing by my hotel room and then i got the press release from paramount so i was like I can throw up an article real quick, so you can check that out if you haven't seen that yet. Uh, <laughs> Walking Dead news. I was actually supposed to go to the Walking Dead press conference. There's two press conferences. I ended up not going because I went to some other things. But I did get an email about this, and I was like, I don't even want to click on that. But then I saw uh, somewhere, I, I forgot it was like Twitter or something, something about a Rick Grimes movie. Is now going to be a limited series. So here's the thing, and, and, and please don't. I'm, not, I'm trying not to jinx this. Don't ruin this for me. But I stopped watching. I don't. I don't even know what season are on now. For some reason, I have season ten in my mind, but I don't know if that's the, that's the case. Maybe it was season eight. I I just I stopped watching for some reason, and it might have been like a DVR issue where it didn't record, or I missed something, or some whatever. I you know I was into the show. I always always enjoyed it. You know, give or take You know, some seasons were better than others but I, w- I was into it and then I just I missed out on something and then it's just like trying to catch up or whatever and it just it didn't happen so I managed to avoid spoilers like I have no idea what happened to Rick Grimes and I've been doing my best to try to avoid that I thought I heard just like we're not going to kill Rick but where is he so maybe it's going to be explained in this this movie so i feel like i should read the press release and see what it says but i i don't want to spoil anything so you may know more than i do if you've actually you know been reading the news but i'm someday i need to get caught up when's that going to happen um there is going to be a marvel zombies animated series uh so so some marvel zombies from the what if episode so we're gonna get to see more of that I'm kind of, you know, they're they're showing us like who's the heroes and the villains and stuff like that. I'm wondering if this is like before the episode took place, like how, how things got to that point. That that's my assumption. I I, I read like a a tweet, a tweet from someone. I didn't obviously I didn't go to the panel, but I I saw you know some images of like you know of of stuff, but yeah I don't I don't know about that. And then there is gonna be a what if season two uh that's already been announced but it's coming in 2023 there's also it's confirmed there's gonna be a a season three so they're gung-ho they're they're all all, they're down with this x-men 97 is gonna be on disney plus in fall 2023 so that was i don't even remember when that was announced but it feels like that was announced a while ago but now they've confirmed a date uh spider-man freshman year i feel like that's something else that i thought was was talked about and i thought leonardo romero i don't know if he's involved with like character designs um, i didn't hear any, any mention of that but if, if he is they should have mentioned it it's, it's crappy if they didn't but what's what's weird about this because it's marvel studios marvel, uh, spider-man freshman year and I was, I was trying to read a little bit i didn't like delve into any any write-ups or anything but it sounds like it's supposed to be him as, as a freshman year like like from his youtube it, it made it sound like it's supposed to be in the tom Ho- like the tom holland version marvel you know mcu but there's mention of like doc ock and instead of tony stark being his mentor it's gonna be norman osborne i don't feel like tom holland spider-man knows who tho- those are because i mean yeah because i mean with the last spider-man one day they, they what's your name again doc ock no really or dr octavius and you know so is this another like out of continuity, or like a different continuity? If so, that's totally fine. You know, if you want to do an animated show more Spider-Man and a Nico Manure Min- from uh, Runaways—that's how you say her last name. Uh, she's supposed to be like his best friend, and in, in, instead of Ned, which is fine. <laughs> so I I don't know, but we'll we'll, we'll see. And uh, there was a trailer for I Am Groot. So there's gonna be the I'm Groot are gonna be like shorts, which makes sense. You can't. I don't think you could do a full episode with 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 them. I th- I feel like that would just be because just watching a trailer. I'm Groot. I'm Groot. I'm Groot. I'm Groot. And it's just like that is gonna get so amazingly annoying. Uh, we'll see. Um. I, and and I it may not necessarily be like in. MCU continuity, which again, that's totally fine. Just do some cute little shorts, adventures, whatever. Uh, it it was announced Bradley Cooper is is gonna come back as as Rocket Raccoon. I thought he was just like I'm done. I don't know if there's like a falling out, but he he's there. So so that that's cool. Um, a Quiet Place, Day One. So I think this was announced earlier in the week. Uh, that's being moved from. Or I think it got moved to, was it March 2024? Or something like that. So they got moved back. Madam Webb is getting pushed back from summer to fall 2023. There was, um, I don't know if it was a behind the scenes or a set image or something like that, where, of, of Dakota Johnson. And it may give more clarification on her role, The problem is, was it a flashback? I don't think it was a flashback. But I think it goes with what most people, or at least what I've been kind of assuming. I don't want to get too specific since it's not like official news. And so I don't want to like support like paparazzi or anything like that. Not that, whatever. (laughs) There's some Zack Snyder news. So apparently, you know, investigations, stuff like that, discovered that with the gala Twitter stuff, like the restored snyder cut and like the voting the f- flash enters the speed force is the best moment in cinematic history or whatever there's a lot of twitter bots that that basically skewed all this stuff and i feel like that's something that a lot of people suspected so that's not really surprising and so like the whole restore to snyder cut campaign well i'm not trying to not the Snyder army I mean obviously they they are out there they do exist there are a lot of people that are very passionate about Zack Snyder stuff awesome good for you have fun with it but I don't think it's it's as many as they want you to believe you know so you're constantly seeing all this stuff you know every once in a while it starts trending and that's not accurate because someone you know they're they're creating these bots and, and skewing things which is not cool so, who who knows? I mean, it, it's just it's an unfortunate. It's like we we don't need we don't need fake results of anything. I mean, things should be honest. I, I don't know. And then there's a Star Wars Acolyte. So I, I feel like I might have missed a note. Maybe did I ever hear about this? I don't think I ever talked about it. But it was basically confirmed that Amandla, is that how you say their name? Amandla Stenberg. Who was Rue in Hunger Games? They confirmed their role in this movie. So, or I I don't know if it's a movie, a series. I just think I don't really know anything about it. But it's supposed to take place like a century before the prequels. There's been talk of like a young. See, I don't see how this could be possible to have a young Yoda because Yoda is only like 900. Maybe how old is he? I don't think he's a thousand years old. We'll see. So that that's and the the unfortunate thing is, you know, people are gonna be in an uproar over this. It's like, just stop. You know, if if you have any racist or whatever issues, just don't watch it. Don't support it. You're you're talking about it. You're you're not doing any favors by attacking anyone. You're just showing how simple-minded you are or narrow-minded, and just you're 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 bringing attention to it by by talking about it so if you don't if you're not into it just don't watch it don't support it but just to spew hate we don't need any hate and you know not everything is for everyone there was also some john wick four news uh he popped out i mean it was weird because so i saw a clip obviously i wasn't in hall h for it but i think there's some sort of i should have read more specifically on it but Keanu Reeves like pops out on stage and kind of like interrupted the thing. So it's like, they weren't expecting him to be there, but it was already clear. He was going to be, you know, he's, he's at, here's here at comic con for berserker the the boom studios comics. But they, they mentioned that there's the movies taking place like in five different locations. And we saw a little, little clip of it. Not, not a whole lot, but, uh, so we have that to, to look forward to. There was also, um, DC Warner Brothers put put out a little little bit of a presentation. I don't know what else they they, they mentioned, but there was a trailer for Shazam Fury of the Gods. That's coming out this year and it's a uh, it comes out December 21st and we I don't I think this is the first we've seen anything about it. I don't even think we had a teaser before, I could be wrong. So we look at the the, the the trailer and it, it looks fun you know I, I definitely I am looking forward to this i I I'm actually looking more forward to this than Black Adam. I'm sure Black Adam could be a better movie maybe you know it looks more ambitious maybe it's you know taking things a little more seriously who knows but I'm looking more forward to this because it, it it just seems and it maybe because it's a sequel you know so we already know. What they expect, you know, the, the characters are established. So we see Shazam. He's kind of questioning himself. You know, what's his role as a hero in this world now? And he mentions it's it's interesting because previously uh, a couple days prior to this, Jim Lee, someone asked Jim Lee about. The Snyder verse, basically, because uh, you know Jim Lee had worked on some of the character designs or something. You know, he was involved with it at some point, and he mentioned how you know it's great to see the movie finally happen and everything like that. But he's like, but there's no plans on moving forward with uh, Shazam. He mentions, you know, he makes reference to some of the characters. You know, he he talks about there's already a character with a you know in a red suit and a lightning bolt on his chest, and he mentions Aquaman, and he even mentions Batman, but. It's weird that there's no mention of Superman because, at the, the presentation hall H, someone asked him, "Is like, oh, any chance we'll see Superman?" And he's like, "I will neither confirm nor deny those allegations, or I can neither whatever." So who knows? But it would be nuts if they got Henry Cavill back. I mean, because you know there was sort of a, you know the Superman thing in the first movie, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, just you can do. Henry Cavill Superman it doesn't have to have anything to do with Man of Steel or Zack Snyder or Snyderverse you know it could just 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 move on just you know soft reset or whatever just do a Superman story so we have that and then someone asked could there be a Shazam 3 and you know he's Zachary Levy's basically like you know if you guys go see this one and you like it then you know so and then we you know we could see Hellamiram and Lucy Liu so it's it looks like it, it, it could be fun. The Black Adam trailer um I didn't even post it. So I posted electricity Adam trailer on entertainmentfish.com, but I didn't post the Black Adam and it just it honestly, I if I had to tell you if, if like uh, there was like a million dollar check, I couldn't really tell you what was new in one trailer versus what we've seen before. I couldn't even tell you exactly totally everything that was in the new trailer. Get I'm not I have nothing against it I, I love Dwayne Johnson movies, but I'm just I I think that the part of it is I'm not a huge Black Adam fan I think Black Adam is, is better as a villain and now that we're seeing him kind of evolve into a hero which the, the DC in the comics they're handling it pretty well you know they're they're I feel like DC comics are being forced in a way to try to emulate what's going on in the movies because unfortunately more people are gonna see the movie than read the comics which I, I feel like I, I've talked about this with so many people like different different like you know artists in, in, in that they've been asking like well, like what are my thoughts in, in this and so even on on the the, the oversized comic-con bags so it has Jim Lee art where he's drew like almost every character. Uh, there's so many different characters. But Black Adam on there is completely bald and looks a little more like Dwayne Johnson than he does Black Adam. That bothers me in a little bit. Uh, in a little bit. It bothers me a little bit, but I, I get why they do it. It's the same thing with how Wolverine started getting taller in the comics because Hugh Jackman is not 5'3". So we have that. But the bigger question, which I'm surprised no one, I don't know, is, is it a known um thing or not i mean is black adam gonna appear in shazam it, it doesn't sound like it but with i'm trying to think if originally in in my head i have it that they they ended up bumping black adam ahead of shazam originally it was supposed to be the other way around but something with one of them i don't know what happened but uh it would be interesting to, to see if a uh, black adam appeared there i did post <laughs> I did post some comic news. I, I should post more than I, than I do, but it's just, you know, the time and, and everything. Uh, Dark Web. So you, you can read all about it. It's, it's a Spider Man X Men crossover, which is cool. You know, I, I'm looking forward to that. And the problem is if you read the free Comic Book Day issue, you have an idea what's coming up. We have the Goblin Queen, Madeline Pryor. She's teaming up with Chasm against spider-man and the x-men now depending on if you're reading comics or not or if you're up to current you know caught up and everything like that you might be saying who the heck is chasm am i supposed to know who chasm is you don't want to know who chasm is chasm i don't want to know who chasm is but i do chasm used to be ben riley the scarlet spider and now he's like a monstrosity of, of what he used to be Basically, what happened in the Beyond story arc, the evil corporate CEO lady was trying to expunge any um, incriminating evidence or experiments and going-ons in, in the, the building. So, like all this, like the, the I think like the bottom three floors were just gonna be like flushed with this like corrosive acid energy or something or whatever. And somehow it affected Ben. Ben got caught in it and whether it' was something with the radiation in his blood or I don't even remember, I, I think I'm kind of blocking it out. but is, he gets a new costume out of it or somehow. I don't know where, where he got that from. And then he's got like this green glowing energy that's like looks like it's coming from his eyes and his hands or oh man, I don't know. But along with that, we also have the uh, the gold goblin. Which is basically Norman Osborn, because he's he's actually a good guy, and you know I have been wondering is he really? Because you know he's been helping Peter out, but oh we have that. And then there was a She-Hulk. So starting with with the Marvel stuff, uh, She-Hulk trailer, and um, some of the CG is is still kind of questionable, and I'm sure some people are gonna attack it and tear it apart as much as they can because that's what they enjoy doing. I'm willing to accept it for what it is. Cause I think some scenes it looked pretty good and there's a couple scenes where it didn't look so great. Uh, it looked a little, little stiff, a little robotic, but I think y- you just accept that. I mean, I grew up with, <laughs> you know, Lou Ferrigno Hulk, and, you know, think about how when Thor made his appearance on there, that was like a big deal. It's like, well, we got Thor and Daredevil in the trial of the Incredible Hulk movie compared to what we have now. it It, it doesn't compare. So I think people need to be a little more forgiving and just just be happy that we're getting this. Now I, I won't spoil it here. I won't touch on everything, but with the the trailer, we see a there's a lot more Bruce Banner, a lot more Hulk than I thought. But he's like working with with She-Hulk and helping train her and stuff like that. And she's kind of showing that she doesn't really need to be trained. That you know she's taking things on pretty well. There are a couple of appearances, and I'm not talking about Abomination because that's that's a given. We we know that that he's going to be in there, but there's a couple other one like the first one that that appears. it it makes sense with what we've seen lately and so it's like okay I I get that there is a little stinger cameo clip surprise not a full thing at the very 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 end that also shouldn't really be a surprise but I I wasn't expecting to see it in this trailer so that's pretty cool So I I won't spoil it for you in case you're like I don't want to watch trailer and that's probably I probably told you more than you, you wanted to know if you don't watch trailers so we, we have all that. And then um, with the, the rest of the Marvel stuff, there's so much, so much Marvel news coming out. And I, I'm not even going to get it in, in the right order, but that's okay because I'm going to cover as much as I can or just rem- what, what, I, what I got. In 2025, well, actually, the, the big thing, the big news for me, and it's not sequential, we are getting Avengers Secret Wars. So that is going to be awesome. Secret Wars, Avengers Secret Wars is going to happen on November seventh, twenty twenty-five. I mean, we're only twenty twenty-two. That that's fine because we we have a lot. To, uh, who the heck are even the Avengers now? You know that, that's that's a big question. So I'm sure a lot needs to be set up, but November. So again, November seventh, twenty twenty-five. That's not the only Avengers movie we're getting in 2025. Because on May 2nd, 2025, we're getting Avengers: The Kang Dynasty. So we're getting two friggin' Avengers movies in the same year. It's like holy crap. So that that's just just crazy. So basically, what it looks like the schedule is: we're gonna have Ant-Man and Wasp: Quantum on February 17, 2023. Secret Invasion, so that'll be Disney Plus, and Spring 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, that's May fifth, twenty twenty three. I guess they showed a trailer at uh, in Hall H. I I wasn't there, so I, I got news from from other people. Thanks. James Gunn said how uh, again reiterate this is a, the last appearance of these characters, at the end of their story. So it's like, is everyone gonna die? I, I don't understand what, what, exactly what that means, but there is mention of you know Gamora not having. Her any memory of the Guardians because with Endgame, how you know the timeline changed everything like that. So, Star Lord, of course, is, is boohoo, he's super sad about all that. <laughs> and uh, uh Gamora is like the leader of the Ravagers. Uh, the Guardians get new costumes, new suits, and we get Adam Warlock. So, there's, there's a lot going on there. Um, I think we're supposed to get more on the origin of Rocket Raccoon as well so there's a lot to look forward to so that's may 5th 2023 and don't forget this december we're supposed to get the guardians of galaxy holiday special which is going to lead into some elements of of volume three echo comes out summer 2023 the marvels so that'll be captain marvel and ms marvel and monica Ramboo. uh that's going to be july 28th 2023 Loki Season 2 is next summer, summer 2023. Blade is going to be November 3rd, 2023. Ironheart will be fall of 2022. Oh, what I didn't mention this year, we also have Black Panther is November, is it November 11th this year? A trailer was released for that. And what's interesting, um, I don't know, did I miss it? It's like, you know, how are they handling the fact that we're not going to have Black Panther because they have said they're not going to recast. And I get that. I still feel they should. I I know it's, it's uh, such a tough call. I even noticed uh, Saturday uh, on Twitter, it was, it was trending recast Black Panther. And I don't think it's necessarily an insult or anything like that, but you can cast someone else. I mean, it'd be big shoes to fill, and it would be tough. I, I still think we we should do it because I and I I know I've said this before, so I shouldn't get into it again. But I, I feel like Black Panther is such an important character for so many people. I remember when the first movie came out. I mean, it, it was touching to see all these videos of, you know, young black, a lot of black men and and women just being so emotional over seeing. A black superhero like and and not that we haven't had black superheroes you know we had luke cage and uh you know they're not very many and you know he's such a good role model he's a freaking king of, of a country you know he's like such like the best fighter almost maybe i think they should recast uh i don't th- it would be, it, it would be hard to accept but for for the sake of the character and what he, what he means and you know to people i think anyways we got a new trailer so based off the trailer it kind of sounds like black panther's not around now maybe he's mia i mean maybe they'll just do that hopefully that's that's what you know they'll, they'll do that that something happened and he went out on a mission just and didn't come back so they're assuming he's 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 dead so We'll, we'll have to see what, what they're going to do with that and then you know of course they could try to get as black panther hopefully that would work out so we'll, we'll see um okay so going back to schedule so then we have blade november 3rd 2023 Ironheart fall 2022 wait fall 2022 is that right i gotta check that that's why i'm looking at what i wrote down on the website i might have goofed it's it's probably gonna be supposed to be 2023 but there's obviously Ironheart's gonna make her debut in Black Panther 2. You can see it in, in, in the trailer. Then we have um, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, Winter 2023 or 2024. Daredevil, Born Again, 18 episodes, um, Spring 2024. Captain America, New World Order, May 3rd, 2024. Thunderbolts, July 26, 2024, and Fantastic Four, November 8th, 2024. No news on Fantastic Four. All we got is release date. No news on a director. No casting. Maybe D23. Is that in December? Or not December. Is that September? It's usually August, but it might be September. Yeah, we'll have to wait about that. Oh, another thing with Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think there was a trailer for that. So Kang's supposed to be in it, you know, Quantumania. Modoc is a villain too, which would explain because they wanted to bring... Modoc into the the final season of Sh- Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then they kind of they're like, uh, let, let's hold off on that. So maybe this is why you know they didn't want to have any weird conflicts, even though, like, is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. canon, is it not canon? You know, people are arguing both ways, and um, yeah, that that's it, so that's <laughs> all, all the big Marvel news, and it's it's crazy, there's just like so much going on. Uh, it's it, it almost feels like it's too much but I am not complaining one bit not to compare or anything like that but it's like I would love for DC for Warner Brothers to, to do the same you know not not similar not identical but just to crank out all this stuff exciting news a lot a lot of news there. and then the last bit of news which I, I like to the end the news segment with with the Munsters whenever possible so what was weird is originally, uh, I think just last week, uh, it was mentioned that The Munsters was going to Netflix. Because I thought it was going to be in theaters. It was supposed to be in theaters in September. Because I remember, I think I don't know if it was last week or week four. I was like, oh, hopefully you know I can go see it with my daughter. That would be you know fun for us. But then it came out. It's going to be on Netflix. It's like, okay. Uh, and, and when that happens, I'm assuming Netflix purchases the streaming rights. So there is still money. I don't know how that. Works. I I still have no idea how, like with the Gray Man, how is that making its its money back if that costs two hundred million dollars? I do not understand that. So for Netflix to buy the rights to the Monsters, could that justify like the potential? I mean, I guess realistically, the Monsters probably wouldn't have a huge box office, you know, return or whatever. They'd get my twelve bucks or whatever, but. We'll have to see. But now the latest, they're saying that it's going to be on Blu-ray and digital on September 27th. Doesn't look like it'll be going in theaters. It's not super clear. I mean, they could still release it, but they maybe they're just like, let's not even do that. That's too bad. <laughs> and I, I hope that doesn't, it's not an indication of anything, but we'll have to see. And, um, We'll have to see what else is gonna <laughs> go on in this podcast because that's the news for the week. All right, let's talk comic books at Image. There was Bloodstained Teeth number four, so this has been an interesting series. It's it's about vampires, and the, the reason my little little hesitation there is, we've had so many different books about vampires, so many stories and everything like that. So it's always interesting when you know, even like last week, there the Impact Winter, which I guess is a podcast. I should probably listen to that. Uh, like a podcast episode show type thing. So there's like so much, much vampire stuff. But what makes them stand out is how you approach them differently. I mean, you could say, you know, there's so much science fiction stuff. There's so much zombie stuff. So with the bloodstained teeth, the basic story has been there. There's this vampire who has kind of been going around and turning people into vampires for money. It's like, hey, you know, it's kind of like a shady deal thing. You know, he, he doesn't really care about implications or whatever. It's just like, you know, you want to live forever. You want to do this? You know, just pay me whatever. I'd, I forget if it was 10000 or more or whatever. And he'll turn him into a vampire. And you get immortality and all that. The problem is there's like the, this like firstborn like council thing. They're not happy with this. So they're like, all right, you need to go and kill all these people you've turned into vampires or we're going to destroy you. We're going to k- obliterate you. So he's, he's trying to go out and find all of them. And, and he barely remembers like who he's turned. And so like, like what he doesn't know their stories and he doesn't care. Cause you know, it's always just been about, about the money and, and all that. And uh, we're also seeing in this, this episode is, uh, or this episode, this issue is a uh, Dracula's son, Bram Stoker's you know, or whatever he's, he's been brought into the mix as, as well. And it, it's it's just a, it's it's been an interesting story. So um, this is the fourth issue, and things are things get a little messy here as as you would expect. So I, I'm I'm enjoying that. Then there was a, a comic Rose Gallery that, that came out. This is by Hannah Rose May with art by Justin Mason and Triona Farrell and uh, Dustin or Dustin Declan Shelby does one of the covers. This is a I I really like this this issue, and I'm. Curious to see where this is going to go. So the the synopsis it says writer Hannah Rose May makes her comic. Debut with rising star artist Justin Mason for all new series with Declan Shelby. The Purge meets Scream in a home invasion thriller that follows disenfranchised TV superhero actress Maisie Wade as she is terrorized by an unhinged group of intruders cosplaying her day job's arch villains. If Maisie's going to survive the night, she'll need to be the hero she has come to despise. And in a register pitch... The Purge meets Misery in a twist on a classic slasher tale where celebrity's biggest fans can become her biggest foes. So it's interesting reading that because, you know, a lot of times, I I, th- I think I've mentioned before, I don't always read the synopsis before I read the issue. And that's just like my, my little thing is I I, I want to be able to read it fresh, but yet here I am telling you all information why I used to read it. But I guess for me, because, you know, if it's a, a new number one, I'll, a lot of times what I'll do like with this one, I'll start reading the synopsis. And then if it's if it catches my attention, I usually I'll stop. It's like, okay, I don't want to read this whole thing. I don't need to read this whole thing. I want to check this out. And, you know, I I try reading the the first issues so I can, you know, be on board with it because too many times, you know, something will, will come out and then it's just like, oh, I missed it. And then it's like issue 10 and then it's like trying to catch up. With Rogues Gallery, what what I find interesting, this synopsis makes it sound a little darker than it than the first issue at least is. What we see basically is a, a group of young adults. You know, they're really into this show that's based off of this comic book. Now, as often is the case, they have their their gripes and their concerns and their complaints because the show has veered from the original source material. And, you know, there, there's like cheesy dialogue and, this, and, you know, they're like, you know, it's all written right here. You can just pull from this. But, you know, it doesn't we know it doesn't happen that way. The show has been on for 10 years and, you know, there, there's been other instances. You know, I don't want to give give too much away, but because of the, the actress playing this this main character, she's kind of developed a, a big head. You know, she's she's gained a lot of power and. They're, they they claim that you know she doesn't really care about the source material. It is you know she doesn't deserve what she has and stuff like that. So they they want to perform this. It's really to me it sounds more like a heist, like breaking into her place to to do something. The synopsis makes it sound a little dark, and maybe maybe there's more to it than than they're letting on because there's one one member of the group where he's like really supportive of, of the show and everything like that and they kind of give him a hard time and everything and at first they weren't even gonna include him in on this you know they, they would have their group chats and stuff like that and they would uh like kind of push him to to say okay well you know talk to you later you know so they can talk about their ideas and stuff like that maybe they're keeping this from him. anyways it's it's an interesting issue and i i, I recommend you know you you checking it out because it's 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 off to a good start so i'm, I'm really curious to see where it's gonna go? And then there's Seven Sons issue two. So this is a seven issue miniseries. So this is by Robert Windham, um, Kevin Mayo with art by Jay Lee, and uh, and June Chung does the colors. I, th- I believe the colors, right? Uh, this is this is kind of a weird, and and um, it's kind of a, a a scary comic in a way because like what has happened is, in in the first issue, there's been there was like seven kids that were born and they're supposed to be like the, you know, the Messiah, you know, the sons and, and, but then they're supposed to be like, you know, reincarnate, reborn, all all this stuff. And I think I mentioned before that I had this dream once where like you know, like Jesus came back and then there was like actually like this warring faction where some people didn't believe it or they did believe it and they're like, you know, this isn't our Lord and Savior, so we must destroy him and anyone who follows him. And so it's kinda of like this big war was about to break out. And you kinda of get hints of that here, not saying that they invaded my dream and so my ideas, but it's it's that that's maybe that's part of reason why I'm kind of gravitating more towards this aside from Jay Lee's just amazing art. It's so it's interesting to see that there are other religious factions that want to do away with these seven sons and you know, with everything that they're, they're trying to put out there, there's been some deaths and, and, you know, there's been threats. And so it's, it's really interesting to see like where this is going and, and like the, the, the kids, you know, well, they're like young adults now. They, you know, some of them, they like this one guy is like, I just want to go out whatever. They're like, you know, you'd be recognized right away and don't, you know, and as, if you're like supposed to be a Messiah, you can't just like oh I'm gonna to go to McDonald's i mean you you'd be mobbed you know as soon as people recognize you or anything like that there is one dude that's kind of like in charge of it all so it's like is this all legit is this not and but it's 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 off to you know two issues it's, it's really interesting then there's a silver coin i so I, I love michael walsh's art and i'm so glad that this is an ongoing series that he just he really gets to just the shine and do you know all this horror stuff I've, i say it with each issue a lot of times horror comics don't always work for me just it just doesn't look right it doesn't you know it's it, i i know it's it's all drawings or whatever you know it's not live action it's not real real but michael walsh he's he's got it down he's he's got a good grasp on it and just just making it work so this issue is written by Stephanie Phillips. Each issue is written by, by a different writer who works with uh, Michael Wall, so that's the other thing that makes it interesting. you know each issue stands alone. Highly, highly recommend the series if you haven't been reading it. You know, So like I said, this is issue 12. So this issue, the synopsis, it's early 1945 to end of World War Two, still months away. A small unit of American soldiers faces a contingent of German troops in the Italian Alps. When a fierce snowstorm traps the Americans, the silver coin asks the soldiers to pay a steep toll. But, okay, that, that's kind of bearing off a little bit. Basically, they you know, they, they find, you know, they, they take down some soldiers, some Germans, and... Uh, one guy is like kind of like begging for his life, and he holds out this coin. And then uh, this one soldier who seems a little green—you know, he he hasn't—I don't think he's killed anyone yet. But then he gets his coin, and he's kind of quite—he he feels bad because he's like, you know, what like, what if it would have been the other way around? You know, what if and I would have been killed, and someone has to go tell my mom and and everything like that. But then because it's a silver coin, bad things are going to happen, and bad things do happen. So that's why you always feel bad about about this comic because. It just it gets so dark and and you just just feel bad for, for everyone. But it's it's interesting, you know, compelling, compelling. But they're they're interesting stories. Then there's Skybound presents After School, so this is issue two. It, each issue, I, I guess, is like a, a self-contained story, um, and it's it's a horror anthology. It it says a uh, Skybound's new horror anthology returns to teach those teens. A lesson with another chilling standalone story. In this issue, Kate Heron, a Marvel Studios Loki, Br- Brioni Redman, and Layla Lees Lees present a horrifying tail soaked in blood and feathers. Scratches to mark you, a feather to warn you. Then it comes. According to urban legends, if you try to get rid of your baby, a monstrous stork will force you to keep it. But surely that can't be true, can it? Leah and her friends are about to find out just how true it is in the storkening. So when you think about it, it sounds kind of kind of silly. And it's you know there's like high school kids and you know girl gets pregnant whatever and then uh, there's a it's, and it's not just like a regular story. It's like it's like a horror movie. Stork. I mean, this this thing is like it's this foul creature, and you know it's it's supposed to be this urban myth, but obviously it's it's a little more than that. And and you know even the, the story, it's it's not so much like oh yeah I'm gonna do this, but you know there's one this one girl she's thinking about her options, and it's not like she, you know whether you know this is kind of a touchy subject these days, you know. But everyone ha- you know, I, I feel women have a right; it's their body to choose what they what they want to do. So, you know, you have that. But, you know, even though she's just thinking about this and then this, this stork starts coming and then things get a little like uh, mystical and, and, you know, start e- expanding a little bit. You know, like stuff that's happening, you know, as they're being chased by this big, vicious stork. And it gets gets kind of weird and creepy and a little trippy. So it was an interesting story. And uh, so I, I read that because I read the first issue. I read this one without even... Thinking about like what was was happening, you know, what was or what what it was about. So that 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 to me that always makes it interesting is just you know to jump in and, and read. Ad boom grim number three came out. Did I read? I think I might not have read grim number two. So this is a story about a just young grim reaper who looks like a girl and her her um i always forget cease size sheath, sheath. her big blade gets taken from her and then she's like stuck on on earth so uh this is a the, the third issue i have no idea i i gotta catch up on that because I, I i like that i know i lo- read that first issue um there's also something is killing the children deluxe slip hardcover book number one second edition so that is a, a great something. killing Ch- children is amazing you should definitely be reading that and then at idw uh scott snyder has a new comic at idw so idw is uh pushing you know they're, they're known to me you know they, they do transformers they do star trek they do gi joe and uh ninja turtles did i say that but they're they're looking to branch out and doing more original stories you know we we've seen some from from time to time so now they're because a lot of times they'll do like joe hill adaptations which you know and they, they tweak and stuff like that so it's not just straight up at adap- adapting whatever but they're they're looking to do some more original content and it looks like they're kicking things off with scott snyder hayden sherman does the art and um, so I'm just going to read this and then uh, I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts on it. Six weeks into the slow burn of the historic Arroyo fire, a crew of women. See, and this is I, I didn't realize this when I was re- reading this. A crew of women from an inmate firefighting program are risking everything on the front lines when their newest recruit, a white collar. And see, this is spoilers here. A white collar convict with a deep network of shady dealers. Um, discovers they're mere miles from her crooked former associate's mansion when she proposes a plan to abandon their duties and hunt for the riches under cover of smoke and ash the team must decide if they're ready to jeopardize their one sure path back to normalcy for a shot at a score that would change their lives but is this a flicker of fortune or a deadly trap so Scott Snyder and breakout artist Hayden Sherman craft an unforgettable heist for a new age in Dark Spaces: Wildfire. So it was an interesting comic. Uh, it, it's I'm I, I like this. How many comics do we have about firefighters? You know, I'm sure there's been some, but it, it's it's uh, a it's an interesting. I wasn't quite expecting it. For me, reading this as as I'm seeing this, you know, as we're getting introduced to the different members of this this five person crew then we discover, like, oh, they're inmates. So this is like some program that's overseen by, you know, like the, the, the main guard woman, whatever. <laughs> My words are failing me. And I'm, I'm assuming by doing this in one, they get out of prison. And two, it's probably reducing their sentence a little bit because they're putting their lives at risk. What, what I would be interested in is, does this give them an opportunity for one day our release? Like, what a, you know, a department's like, yeah, I, Hey, here's, here's the truth. I was in prison. I was doing, I'm a, a, a ex-convict. I I fought fires for five years or whatever. So I know the ins and outs, you know, I, I can do this. I can pass whatever test you want. And, and then they have a new life. So it's kind of like a work and training, you know, program that you, you sometimes hear about in prisons. So you have that. And then, the the idea of let's pull this heist or whatever so i to me that's kind of interesting because you don't get wind of that there there's kind of like a full circle thing that that happens like at the beginning and then you see at the end or what but it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how how this plays out so check that out um that's uh dark spaces wildfire number one and that is from that's uh idw and that's by uh scott snyder so you should look for that at dc there was dark crisis young justice number two so i actually accidentally read this early and i, I, I thought i had missed it i think i kind of mentioned this but i was like Wait, how did i miss that because it's like the first issue just came out and issue two came out. long story short you know because sometimes I, I get early access to comics you know thank you dc and uh, others that, that do that and uh, so I read it. So this is interesting because this is uh, after, you know, the Justice League are dead and young justice. So Tim Drake, Robin, um, Bart and impulse and Connor Superboy, they find themselves somehow like in their past. And they're like, wait, I don't remember this moment, you know, and they're, they're doing some stuff. They're kind of getting enticed with different things. And so it's like, what is going on? And then it's, it's a, uh, Cassie Sandsmark who's like where are the guys you know and I think I mentioned this before how like everyone's like oh yeah we're too busy to probably find or doing this or whatever you know because all the other heroes are trying to deal with things because there's no Justice League so they have to pick up the pieces and you know because the villains think like oh you know the heroes are gone so we can do whatever we want so it, it, it's making things a little tr- little tricky there and you know Cassie tries going to Arrowette and she's just like yeah I don't want to do this anymore you know I, I and so there's some interesting things as the, the the three boys start seeing through that, like, okay, maybe something is up. This isn't, you know, things were a little weird, but something definitely is is going on here. Uh, there's Black Adam issue two. So this is a, a weird story. I guess for me that the main thing is, so it's written by Christopher Priest and the art is by Rafa Sandoval. So, you know, all, all that's good. It's a 12 issue miniseries but it's not so i'm looking at it's it's not a black label book so it's because it's 13 plus so for me reading this actually i i'm trying to think back maybe the first issue did say this takes place before justice league 75 or whatever the death of the justice league issue was because as i'm reading this it's like wait wow where how is this taking where is this happening and and uh because stuff's happening like in the first issue which I I guess I can say that now since it's it's been a month but black adam discovers that he's dying and he has to he discovers that there is um a descendant that is alive this this young medical student you know he's he's a doctor in training and so black adam's like well you know maybe i'm going to leave my power to him have him rule the country and you know candac or whatever So it's just I'm trying to say, like, where does this happen? And I I think the other part, the the problem, the real confusion for me is this other younger Black Adam that we've seen in, in Teen Titans Academy that he I don't know if he was from future future state future. What was that recent thing that happened? I think it was future state. So yeah, like who's this this Black Adam who's like young, but he's he's like young Black Adam, but he's not young. Yeah, but it's like from the future. So I'm, like what? I don't know. But this uh, yeah. So w- with this Black Adam, it's interesting story. You know, um, I'm sure I've said it before. I'm not like the biggest Black Adam fan. I don't I don't dislike him like I I dislike some. Characters, some villains or whatever, but I just never really. To me, he's always been a, a little stuffy, kind of a bore, you know, because he's just he's so arrogant. He, you know, it's almost like he wants to be kind of like Doctor Doom, but he's doesn't have like the cool armor and and green flowing cape or whatever, or cloak. Black Adam, and and then now that we're you know we're seeing Black Adam kind of being a hero or antihero, and you know just shifting. I don't feel like that should happen, but whatever, that's fine. I'm, I'll accept it. So. With this, and then it's like, is he dying? It's like, what? What does that mean? And you know how I feel about comic book dust. So it's something interesting there. Uh, the Jurassic League number three did not read that. I will not. After that first issue, I didn't even check out number two. The uh, Flash seven eighty four. So this is continuing the the hunt or the search for Barry Allen, where they're going through the multiverse. They, they pinpointed you know with the help of Mister Triffic, they pointed Barry's whatever signature to three possible timeline locations. So they, they've split up to kind of go, but then they're seeing these other versions and, you know, it, it looks like Barry Allen, but it's like, what's going on? Cause you know, there's one, it's kind of like a Mad Max world. It's like, could that really be Barry Allen? And what about this other one? Cause then there's Barry Allen and kid flash, but then Wally's there with, with Wallace you know, it's like, could that be Barry Allen? Because you know, maybe something happened, and he's not really remembering what's going on. And then, you know, so we're, we're just seeing different things. And then there's, of course, there's Wally's kids who jump through because they're annoying kids. And so there, there's some interesting things going on here. It's like, you know, what what is this all this going to mean? Then there's Nightwing '94. So this is uh, an enjoyable comic, as, as always. Dick Grayson is trying to clean up. Bloodhaven, we got Blockbuster, which I don't like Blockbuster, but he's you know a longtime Nightwing villain, so I, I can appreciate him. He's you know trying to do things. He's not happy with Dick Grayson buying up all this land like that they wanted to um like low income housing, I think it was like they just wanted to like destroy it out and build some high rises and stuff like that, because you know he's an evil evil businessman bad guy dude so he's not happy with with dick grayson he's like tried having him killed and everything like that and and there's he's got control of the the police commissioner in bloodhaven he thinks he has control over the mayor so the mayor is a um what's her name zuko she's a I guess it's not a spoiler now but but she ends up she's technically dick grayson's like half sister it's like what So she's actually not evil, even though she's a Zuko. You know, she's kind of working with with Dick and and Barbara. So, but uh, things are going to get a little sticky here. Then there's DC vs. Vampires All Out War, issue one. This issue, one of the things that didn't really bother me a little bit, but it's like black and white and red. It to me, it almost it made me feel like the, uh, Future State Gotham, which is an interesting comic, and it, it feels a little more like it's a manga style. Which again, I have no problem with that. But you know, you're doing manga style with like American or Western characters, and it's not supposed to be manga because you know it's just there's a whole different mindset sometimes to manga issues, or whatever. But this, uh, you know, it's supposed to take place in the main uh, DC versus Vampire continuity. But it's all black and white. And, anyways, so we're seeing, you know, the vampires have been ruling for a little bit. Things are bad. And it's like there's a few heroes are left. And uh, Deathstroke is actually has some plan that he's trying to do something. And uh, it doesn't quite go according to how he had hoped. And, you know, so it just might make things a little worse. And that, but it's so it was a good story. Not as, as. amazing as the main series that i've been loving but i it is um worth reading as well you know all of these issues are this has just been such a treat just this whole series catwoman 45 so Catwoman is still trying to uh, clean things up in you know her corner of gotham and you know do the right thing and she's working with that dude i always forget his name i think i just never actually bothered to learn this guy i don't really like the guy what is interesting here in last week's Batman, was it 120 or 1025? Whatever the, the big, or maybe it was the detective. Whatever Batman comic came out last week. Um, I actually could probably find that out in here. It yeah, was it Batman 125? Did they renumber it? Maybe it is renumbered. Yeah, 125. Okay, I'm thinking detective that is in a 1000. Okay, so Batman 125, where there is um, I don't know if I'm, I, I probably didn't go into details, but Bruce calls Selina. You know, she's just like, She's sitting on the bed. She just has her mask on. You know, she's like, has her, her costume off. So she's in her bra and panties or whatever. And um, that other dude, like, comes in. You know, she's like getting dressed. And then the dude's like, it's like Oh, are you ordering? Take out. I just made coffee. And Bruce's and she's like, Because uh, she's like, I'm on the phone or whatever, like that. And Bruce is like, Whatever, it's fine. Cause, you know, they're on a break type of thing. And he's just like, so, it's just like, holy crap, Selena. It's like, really? Because she doesn't like this guy. Uh, I mean, the guy clearly is like into her, but she's just like, she's business. It's like, you know, she's she's not looking for anything. But then I was like, well, when did this happen when I read that issue? I'm like, did they... This, what? And so, this issue, we get like... The, we see the other side of the conversation, which is really cool. I like that they did that. They do that with a couple other things, too. There's another part with like Batgirls. Because... uh. Catwoman does talk to Stephanie and Cassandra, um, Dick Grayson shows up for a couple of pages uh, Tim Drake's, you know, it's like everyone's here, but it's, it didn't, it didn't feel like forced. Cause even if you look at the cover, you know, the, the cover itself. Oh, I, okay. I take that back. The cover does show, show Tim, a uh, Dick and, and, uh, Barbara, but I didn't even, I didn't even, it didn't even register when I, when I, Looked at it. as just jumped into the issues, so it doesn't feel forced or anything like that. It's like, oh, let's do guest appearance to you know try to raise sales or whatever. So, it it's I'm liking it. If you remember, uh, like, uh, so this is 45. Like when it was like in the 20s or whatever, I wasn't super crazy. That that dude, the like pilgrim dude. What I don't even remember who that guy was. Anyways, Batman the Night Issue Seven. So Bruce is doing some training with, uh, Z- what's his name? Zatara Z- Zatana's dad. And, you know, she's there too. Cause you know, they, uh, Zatara, that's his name, right? Zatara Zatanna. <laughs> I, I I could open the issue up, but I, I feel like one, that's kind of cheating. And two, it kind of interrupts the flow. So he, Bruce is doing some training, like in a tank full of water, getting out of a straightjack, you know, trying to learn different things. and, and uh, Zatanna's dad's like, you know, you, you got a a gift, you know, we could take this act on the road, but obviously Bruce wants to learn, you know, be an escape artist and, you know, just everything like that. And, and then Zatanna's there and, you know, she's trying to, things are a little tense between Zatanna and her dad, you know, since her mom died and, you know, her dad's just like all about the show and wants her to take his, his place. And, and then there's the aspect of magic. And then Bruce spoiler finds out it's like, wait, what? there is this, magic is real he's then he's like, I want to learn it and then he's you know starts getting obsessed with that or whatever and so it it's it was a cool looking back at just a relationship between you know we and again we've seen this even in uh urban legends uh, the Batman comic where we see you know Batman and zatanna working together. So I like that they have this past that doesn't feel overly forced because their parents were friends so of course the kids were friends and and you know they, they care about each other so I, I, I like that aspect. Then there is Batman, Superman, World's Finest, Issue Five. So this is I, I'm really enjoying this. Normally I I poo poo all over the out of continuity out of continuity stories because it's like this isn't going to impact anything, you know. But I guess this just really shows you got a good writer, you got a good artist, and you know tells a compelling story, and I, I'm hooked. I love that we have Batman and, and Robin, we have Superman, we have Supergirl, and and there's kind of like you know it's Supergirl. I, I like that she kind of sort not i i kind of want to say she has like a edge to her but i don't want it to sound like you know she's like overly gritty or anything like that but i i'm enjoying this, this story and um it's it's just a dynamic between Batman and Superman and like how much they trust each other so it's it's just an enjoyable um i'm not sure cuz i don't look at normal solicitors or anything like that but i don't know if the next issue is still uh Batman Superman. It sounds like there is another issue because the story is definitely not over because something that happens. So I don't know if th- what they said is next, if that's a new title, or if it's just a next the title of the next issue. But either way, this is this is good stuff. And then there's Aquaman in the flash void song. Um I wasn't planning on really reading this. You know the the first I wasn't planning on reading the first issue, but I kind of got pulled into it where if you remember, everyone, there's like this weird, like alien, sort of like an alien invasion, but not really, where everyone is just kind of frozen. Like no one, everyone's like in, in this frozen stance, except for Aquaman and Flash. Just so like what? And and there's reasons why they weren't affected when this whatever thing hit. So they're trying to figure out what they can do to stop all this and everything. And uh, there's a, a little bit of a tension when it kind of comes out as to the how and the why what, what causes or what brought the attention. And so did, uh, yeah, it's, that's going to create a lot of tension, especially in, in the next issue. So these two have to work together, but there's this big, um, obstacle now that's, uh, going to make things kind of awkward for them. So it's, 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 a uh, it's, 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 it's interesting. I can't say it. I love it. I think my problem is, well you know, I'm I'm okay with uh with uh Aquaman. I, I it just seems like I really loved Aquaman Aquaman when Jeff Johns was writing you know the, the series and other you know other attempts um there's there's been some, some good stuff, but I don't I don't know. And a lot of times cause Aquaman just comes off as kind of arrogant and everything, and that's just who he is, and I don't know, maybe for me that's just kind of a turnoff, but so yeah, there's there's that. But it, it's it's been Interesting to see these two get along, and how the heck can they, they stop, solve this problem? Over at Marvel, we had Avengers 58, so this is continuing the this big story, the you know Mephisto, all this stuff. Um, we so while we do see another version, this this time we, we see uh, a Ghost Rider from another world, but we do have uh, a couple of our regular Avenger characters that are, are there too. And um, yeah, so it's, it's just okay. I mean, it's, it's got nice art and everything, but I, I just, for me, it's like seeing all these random new characters and, and maybe some of them will stick around. We'll see them in some four. Maybe they'll get their own mini series or maybe they'll go come into the six one six universe and stick around. I don't know. But part like right now, it's like, I kind of don't really care. And and that's the the trick is you know we're 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 trying to figure out you know we're we're supposed to care about them as, as to like this big coming battle or whatever. So I I just want Avengers story and and it, I just feel like with Avengers and Avengers Forever is like all we're doing all we're getting is seeing. Here's a new version of a character. Here's a new, ver- and while it's it's creative and interesting, because you know you don't just want to take like oh, like Ghost Rider or Captain America and just do a little twist to it. So you need to flesh it out, and and the the stories do have enough to make them feel a little more than just a new version of the, of the same character. B- but for me, it's just it's not quite enough. Um, maybe hopefully other people are enjoying it more than I am. So I'm I'm just ready to see what's next iron man 21 so iron man he's still dealing with recovering you know he he um got addicted to i think it was morphine uh, you know he was uh his feeding through through his armor he was off planet he's you know so he went to rehab he he's he's out he tried uh proposing to hellcat it's and it's like oh, wait, how wait how long were you two together since like issue two of this series and she's like, uh, maybe not, you know, because I, I don't have the best best uh, track record when it comes to marriages. It don't seem to work in my favor. So he's just trying to deal with everything. And, and it, it's kind of good in, in a way because Tony Stark is usually super arrogant and everything. So he's kind of, you know, stepped back and kind of, you know, rethinking everything. So all, all that's good. But, and like one point he's like, he's traveling. He's like, oh, I'm going to take a plane, like a normal person type of thing. And he gets kind of pulled into this adventure type of thing. You know, there there's a a little hiccup during the flight, and he goes up against this guy, and, and then it kind of gives Tony like a new mission as to how he wants to try, like what what he wants to use his money for to take away some of the dangers of the world. So it's like, okay, so it'll be interesting to see how all that's gonna play out. So I don't really know where that's gonna go, but you have that maestro so what is this world war m so this is uh the the finale and it's basically maestro kind of teaming up with abomination even though abomination is working against him because abomination is working for dr doom and he's just like maybe that's not the best idea and and then you got namor who's like against you know he blames hulk for for or maestro hulk whatever for lots of things and yeah uh, you know, dr doom is, is mad at hulk <laughs> and so there's like all this stuff going on and uh so it was was a good issue these um we you know we're we're getting a lot of these look back series you know peter david's been doing like with uh maestro where we're getting kind of like prequel stories to like this is all taking place before future imperfect uh you know an amazing future imperfect uh two issue graphic novel comic and uh oh that was by george perez too wasn't it the art and, uh, you know, so we're, we're seeing, like, these untold stories before, which is interesting. You know, he's done that with Spider-Man with the symbiote suit. And then, uh, like, this week we have uh, another issue of uh, Venom Lethal Protector. And then we got new uh, Fantastic Four. So, there, I don't know how I feel about them Because part of it, I, I, I think it, it's, it's going along the lines of, like, does this, like, really matter type of thing? You know, is this going to have any sort of long-term impact? Because we already know... Where things sort of end up, I I, I kind of lost my, my train of thought there. But anyways, uh, it's it, it was a, a good issue. You know, it, it's kind of interesting. I I really like it's it's actually it's kind of hard to say. I don't really like Maestro. I, I love that story, but the thing is, Maestro is not a nice guy. So we're, just the fact that we're seeing that, but it's it's just it's been interesting seeing little things that are going to lead up to future imperfect. So with that, you know, it's it, it's been. Been kind been kind of, kind of fun to, to see all that play out. Then there's uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man issue 40. Um, we're still in this. I, I don't even know. Is this like a future alternate timeline? Uh, let's see. So the synopsis says Emperor Salim's endgame. Miles Hunt through the Spider-Verse finally leads him to. It's not the Spider-Verse. It's the multiverse he's going through. Uh, leads him to his long lost Uncle Aaron, the Prowler. Which I don't understand how why his uncle is a prowler, but Aaron's captive of Salim Miles evil spider clone, and if Miles wants to rescue his uncle, have to bring down Salim's entire empire to do it. What does Salim want from Aaron? And is Miles willing to sacrifice everything, including his new, his new what ally save? His new Ali save his family. I don't know. That must be a typo there. I just man, it's it's kind of a bummer because. Uh, you know, I like Miles Morales, but I just haven't been enjoying this story arc, and uh, I don't know. Then we have Moon Knight, Red, White, and Blood. Um, the the first issue, I, I mainly just read the first issue, which is a, a Jake Lockley story, and so or you know these crooks basically get into a cab, and so it's like how's Jake going to deal with that, which which was kind of fun. The second one I started looking at and I was just like, I wasn't quite really feeling it and then the third one I just kind of flipped through and I think it was another, like, I don't know if it was another future story, I could be totally wrong, don't quote me on that, but I, I didn't read that. Then there's a new Fantastic Four issue two. My, my problem is the the nemesis, the villain that we have in charge and, and there's some mystical, there's like a demon, stuff like that, so like the new Fantastic Four, they kind of end up with at the Baxter building. It's like, what's going on? And uh, so what what I, what I actually was getting at before is we already know how this joining ends. You know, we, we know where they happen after, you know, we, we know that there's not anything really hugely drastic that's going to happen, but the idea is it's supposed to be a fun story. And for me, it's, it's an okay story. A uh, savage Spider-Man issue. It's around issue five. Now I haven't been reading that. I have no idea how that is, but it just, it, the first issue wasn't for me as much as I love Spider-Man. Uh, then there's, uh, Shang Chi and the, the 10 rings. So even though we just had Shang Chi that ended new series, new number one written by Gene Luen Yang, who's wrote the last series, Marcus toe. Thank you. Powers. of be a Marvel for getting him to continue. He's doing the art here. So basically it, this is dealing with, with, uh, Shang Chi Taken over his father's kind of evil empire and he's got these 10 rings which are pretty evil you know he because when he you if he uses them he can feel like they're trying to corrupt him or whatever but when word gets out that he has these rings because um, someone's going to leak it out of course everyone's going to want them and that's going to cause some problems and everything like that so it's 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 kind of an interesting um interesting angle and and i don't know i honestly have no idea if the, these 10 rings were something that were in marvel comics before or if this is a result of what we saw in a movie and they're trying to bridge the two together if so i'm i'm fine with that whatever that is totally fine you know this is just it it's it's working for me so uh, it's an interesting story to, to see where it's going to go and then we have she hulk issue five my main problem here is I don't know, because we have Jack of Hearts here. You know, Jack of Hearts died, but he's back. And he's not really sure, like, what, what the deal is, like, what, what's going on. And, you know, he's he's been hanging out with, with uh, Jennifer, with She-Hulk. My problem is we also had Jack of Hearts and, like, She-Hulk in The Reckoning War in Fantastic Four. And I'm trying to remember, like, when how he first got there. But it almost felt like... Both appearances could have been like his, first. so I'm I'm not sure which happened first. Was his adventure appearance in Fantastic Four before She-Hulk? It must be after She-Hulk, but it didn't really feel like it because, yeah, because in She-Hulk, no one knows that he's back, so that that's got to be the case. But something was a little off there. But whatever, um, I'm enjoying that this this series. I I liked it it's a little more Jennifer Walters attorney at law type of thing, even though it's not her just in, in court cases, stuff like that. It's her trying to like get her law practice back sorted. And, you know, she's working with uh, one of her court nemesis before who has her own practice. And she's got this little rinky dink storage place. that's supposed to be like closet. That's her, her office. And um, her main thing is she can't have like superpowered clients. Cause it it just makes things like a circus and hectic. But also, it's just like they're dealing with the fact that Jack of Hearts is back, and you know he's trying to you know figure out what's going on and everything like that. So there, there's a lot of interesting um, little bits, you know. as As a st- it, it's more story driven than action, you know. Don't there is action. Don't get me wrong. You know, there, there's definitely superpower fighting that happens in this issue as well. But I, I like that it, it's 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 leaning more on on the story, which to me that, that that's cool. Spider Gwen verse issue four. I, as I love Spider Gwen, I'm just having a, a a problem. I'm having having difficulties reading through this. It it kind of feels like the What If Miles Morales, where we're just seeing all these random different versions. To me, I think that is extremely absurd. I know comic books get super silly and everything like that, and it, it shouldn't be a surprise. I just <laughs> can't accept, like oh, in this in and I, okay, infinite universe, so anything happens, right? So of course, if you have an infinite number of worlds, of course there's going to be one where Gwen Stacy is Thor, or is she a Thor, or where Gwen Stacy is Captain America, or where Gwen Stacy is whatever. It just, I don't, know, it just seems seems a little, little a bit much, but that that's fine. Um, but well, it's not fine for, for me. It's fine for everyone that's reading that. Uh, I'm. I. I want to like this series, but I'm. I. I just can't. Star Wars issue twenty five. So this is a uh, kind of like a, not really a, a anniversary issue, but it does mark um, Charles Soule's uh, was it his two hundred script or one hundred script? His one hundred script. So when he wrote this, you know, because things go out of order, whatever. So it was in here, and um, he he talks about like just different things that you know how he's told different errors whatever so there's like four different stories here which is is kind of cool and so basically charles gets to like revisit different stories that that he's he's done and, and all that so there's a obi-wan and anakin story um which is basically obi-wan kind of giving and and this this is more kind of like a attack of the clones type of anakin like it's coincidentally like what we saw in obi-wan kind of like in the flashback where you know obi-wan's handing some knowledge you know uh to to eager uh, restless anakin there's a darth vader story darth vader and emperor which there's some it's kind of these are both of these stories are called a lesson so they kind of mirror each other which is, is kind of interesting there's a kylo ren story which um Kylo Ren. It's okay. It says it's set between episode eight and nine. Kylo Ren is just a big doof, but it's like came in the Knights of Ren. So, you know, that that's cool. And then there's a Poe Dameron, um, eulogy for snap story, which with art by Phil, Phil Noto. So that, that so they, those were, were fun stories. Normally I'm like, Oh, it's an anthology, you know, whatever, you know, sh- short stories, but this, this was good. There's a Han Solo and Chewbacca, um, issue four. <laughs> It almost sounds like I said there was a Han Solo and Chewbacca story. No, Han Solo and Chewbacca. Uh, I thought there was like a subtitle to this. I don't think there is. Han Solo and Chewbacca issue four, and uh, supposedly Han Solo's dad. I still don't believe it, it's his dad. And you know they they were working on this this heist, a scheme. They are working with Greedo, and Greedo of course kept you know things didn't go well. Part partly due to Greedo, but just you know things didn't happen, didn't, whatever. And then um, in the last issue, uh, Black Kursan Stan comes in to, to cause some problems. So there's going to be some Kursan Stan versus Chewbacca action here. Yeah. So it's, and more on on who is this dude that says he's Han's dad? Is he really? I I just don't know. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's another little little kink that happens with, with with him. Then there's Star Wars or Star Wars, Wars, Wars yeah, it's Star Wars Star Wars Darth Vader issue 25. And this is continuing with like the the fallout for like the Crimson Dawn stuff uh, with Sabe. I I don't know what it is. I just love the fact that we have Sabe. So Sabe is Padme's one of her decoys. It was played by Kira Knightley. So she's you know obviously older and you know she knows that Darth Vader is Anakin and you know she's oh we also which I didn't want to mention the last issue but Kitster <laughs> was there and young little Anakin's friend. You know, on Tatooine, so he's all grown up, <laughs> so it's it's interesting seeing Darth Vader just in action, like kind of doing his own thing. Uh, and and he's like going after like an imperial governor, like on her own starship or star destroyer, starship, star destroyer. So, some some interesting things there. And then, uh, I kind of mentioned this before Venom Lethal Protector issue four. For me, I mean, it's it, this is okay. It, I, I could see for some people, it could be like really cool and fun to revisit Venom in this era, you know, shortly after you know, when he first decided to become, uh, you know, a lethal protector and all that. So it's it's fine and, and all that, but um, I think it's just for me, uh, with a uh, Venom, I'm just like, Wh- whatever, dude, you know, and. Yeah, so I, I did read this um, sticks sticks and stone are in here. For, I mean, when I I think of Wolverine patch when I when I think of those two, and I don't like those guys, so that makes it worse for me. But if you're, I mean, it's David Mich- Michelini Michellini just doing the writing, so it's just not for me. But I'm I'm hoping other people are digging it, and I also hope that you dug all that because that is going to be comic books for the week with Westworld season 4 episode 4 Generation Lost. All right, you might recall me kind of a, a little nitpicky thing. I think I mentioned it last episode last week, something that has kind of bothered me since the week before and patting myself on the back. I kind of I kind of called it in a bit. So but even so, when it happened, it was still like a holy crap so when we get to it, I'll, I'll, I'll congratulate myself again. So it starts off Caleb. So you remember last, last week, Caleb's got all the flies are going in him. He's like screaming in, in pain. There's a, like a flashback to him and Maeve just like during the war, like climbing up this cliff by a beach. He asks her if she's thought about like what happens, you know, when, when the war is over and she's like, well, I imagine we go back to our regular lives. And he's like, well, what does that mean for people like us? So then they they look at this structure like up on, on top of the hill, whatever. He looks through binoculars, and Kale's like, "There's there's like uh, four, maybe five guards, you know, out, out there. Maybe it's like twelve total, because there's there's actually seven. She hacked into like the security, you know, cameras, or whatever. So they go, they take out two, they enter a building. One of the big orb controlling whatever things are there. They plant explosives, you know, around the things hooking up. So they it, there's like shooting more and more people. That they're getting shot at. Maeve takes out two more, boom, the bombs go off, the thing like falls. They have to run out the building, have to jump outside as, as the building kind of sort of blows up or whatever, you know, explosion from inside. Um, another one gets shot, but then Caleb took a hit too. So Maeve gets him, you know, she kind of helps him like back to the cliffside. And he's like, he says, he's like, well, I guess I'll never know about life after this, you know, about freedom. And, you know, she's putting pressure on it, but he's like, he's even like, like coughing up blood. So it's like, wait, this doesn't look good, but we know it has to work out. Right. Because this is happening before. And um, this is because this is during the war or whatever. So she asks if he wants to know what freedom feels like. And she puts her hand by his jaw or something like that, because she says she can hack his his lambics and because she felt it. And she's like a long time ago. She's like, I, I can show you. Now, I wasn't quite sure what that meant, like when she said into his lambics or whatever. Because, like, even now, I so I just paused and looked up. Lambic is a strong, sweet Belgian beer. And that's all that I saw that came up was, was beer stuff. So I don't know what she she meant by that. Anyways, then it cuts to uh, Maeve in the field. It's, so it's like there's silence. So she's like sh- sharing this memory somehow. Who knows how it works? Then her daughter, like, reaches for her hand, you know, all, all, all that stuff that we've we've seen many, many times in past episodes. Then we hear Hale's voice, um, Charlotte Hale's voice, uh, Tessa Thompson. She calls out to Caleb, wakey, wakey. Uh, so he has, this is back in the, where he's getting attacked by the flies. He has, like, this metal band on, on his head. And he's like, what did you do to me? And she's like, what I am going to do for all of your kind. I made you my pet. So she's waiting for it to boot up and then he won't be able to resist. So he's like, you know, trying to get to his hands and knees. He sees like the Frank, uh, the, the fake Frankie, his daughter, just standing there with like her face still like open. And he, he tries getting to his feet, but he, he can barely stand. He asks about his family and she's like, oh, they're still out there somewhere alive for now. She's like, soon everyone will be under her control. He says, this was never about the park. He's like, this is always about her spreading her disease. And he kind of looks at like the, the dead bodies in the other rooms on the other side of the, the glass um, that like where they kind of had to kill themselves. And he's like, everyone who comes here will become a carrier. And she says that she prefers the term host. And after they're done here, then they'll have uh, as souvenirs – debauched memories of their exploits and her parasites so he should be flattered because he's in the first wave and he says that you know the other killings the other people was she she was just ironing out the king so it's not like she was like just trying to kill people she's just trying to make it work or whatever and then besides Maeve and Dolores were always fond of him so she's thinking of keeping him around to see what all the fuss is about Maeve Realizes So she's like just a few rooms away that the man in black, William, that he's one of us as he, as he's whatever puts it. So he says that there, or she says that, or she's like, you're one of us now. And he's like, there is no us, just you. It's like, all your friends are gone. And he says that, you know, he took care of them himself, disappointing how easy it was. She starts fighting him. uh, And then he, you know, his gun got knocked out of his hand. So he goes back for it. Then she like she gets up and leaves, and he just like gets up. It's weird because neither of them are running, and he's just like start walking after her, looking for her. She's hiding around uh, a corner by like the control center like room, and he can feel her like trying to get into his mind to control him. But he says that Hale made upgrades; she can't control him. So she's like. Like you weren't the one I was trying to control, so she gained control of the, the big sound machine. The, 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 it's like the the thrumming thing that was controlling the others. So Hale looks around as like the building, whatever, starts shaking, and she, she, she like starts reaching for her head. You know, something's something like in her head like hurting her or whatever? William or Man in Black grabs his head to screams. There's like an explosion that like sends him flying back. Glass explodes by Hale and Caleb too. It doesn't seem like there's anyone gets cut by flying glass or anything like that, which I guess is good. Maybe it's, it's safety. I don't know. Uh, he scrambles and then he s- grabs like a big piece of, of broken glass and sticks it by her throat. And he says, it's like, now it's your turn to take orders. So alarm is going off on a big machine. Maeve comes up, t- um, to, to them. He, Caleb tells her that the parasite is in him and that that was never Frankie. And he is, he's like, he asks Hale he's, It's like, how does, you know, he get the thing out of his head? And she's like, and give up my leverage. Maeve says like, oh, we'll just dig it out of her. She's like, she's coming with us. And he's like, well, we have to stop her before it spreads any further. So there, and there's still flies like buzzing around. And then like in the other room, so the man in black, William, he's lying on the ground. His eyes open up. So he's still alive. Then um, Maya wakes up Christina. So Christina is the one who looks just like Dolores. Like what? So her roommate Maya wakes her up. she she's like, Oh, I overslept. She was up late painting, and she said, you know, she couldn't sleep. And Maya said she couldn't either, that she had this nightmare of being a kid again. She's having a picnic with her parents. The pesky fly kept kept coming and buzzing by their food. And then more came and then they surrounded her dad and then her mother and they like screamed and flailed and then they just went still. Like they froze. And Christina's like, Well, what happened next? She's like, Then the fly came for me, and that was the last thing that I saw before I woke up very interesting right so it's like is this some sort of premonition you know so Maya said she's had anxiety dreams before but this one just felt real and then uh, the so she looks at what uh, Christina was painting and it was like a painting like a city street and there's like some big black thing like over it which I I guess is supposed to be the tower just kind of like whatever there but it just looks like it was just, like, like the like, scribble on top of this, like, city street um, painting. And she says that, you know, she doesn't know what it means. And Maya looks at it, She's like, well, it means I need to take you out tonight to blow off some steam. And so she, like, insists. She's like, I, she just wants to find someone for Christina for some reason. It's like, I don't know why she's so obsessed with, with hooking her up with someone. Then we see Bernard and Stubbs. They're in a, standing in the desert. The dude in, in charge, his name is Jay. So he says that their, their time is running out. He doesn't want to trust or rely on strangers because you know, he doesn't trust them. But the lady that brought him there, they call her C, like the letter C. And um, she says that like, if there's a weapon out there that may be their only chance of, of, of finding it. And he's he says that she's lost all objectivity, that this is too personal for her. And he's not letting her risk everything over like, some myth. So he tells his people that they're leaving in five and travel light, whatever. And then he pulls out a gun to shoot Bernard and Stubbs, but see, like, steps in front. And then he moves over a little bit, and she does too, and she pulls out her own gun. So she's pointing at him. And Bernard's, you know, they can kind of, like, overhear this, you know, their conversation. So he tells Stubbs, he's like, oh, d- we live. He And he's like, well, most of the time, <laughs> uh, you know, he's seen different scenarios play out. And then this other lady, Odina, comes up. She tells him to, to cut it out. And she says that, you know, Jay's being an a hole, and she tells Jay that she'll cover C's place in the extraction whatever. So C can go with those two. And if it's BS, she's like, just shoot them. Then Jay says it if C wants him, like Bernard, he can have him, but they're taking the other one, Stubbs, as collateral. So Stubbs asks Bernard, he's like, do I have to go with them? And Bernard's like, for safety. Then Stubbs is like, well, at least I'll be safe. And then he's like, I didn't mean yours. And then see and Odina kiss goodbye. So they're a couple. Nineteen twenties uh, city street, uh, sort of the new West World, whatever. Maeve knocks out this G man dude. He, that's what the closed capture said. He had like a, a like a flyer searching for this missing boot, this or missing a uh, bootlegger dude. You know what he's wanted or whatever. So she knocks him out. She grabs his cuffs for Hale. Hale's like you'll never make it out or whatever. And Maeve, she's like says a Maeve, she's like you could alone. Uh, and she's like, you could have had a life of peace if you hadn't been so sentimental. And and Caleb's just kind of like, he doesn't know what she meant by that. Then there's a big thrum, thrumming noise that only they can hear. And Maeve says, she's like, something's wrong. And Caleb starts like groaning. So Maeve says that they've turned the machine back on. And Charlotte says that the parasite will take hold of Caleb soon. That is if the guests in the park don't uh, kill them both first. And then she's like, oh, do shut up. So they start walking down the street and then this dude um, sitting across the street, he's with some other people. He must get an order or something. like that. He I don't know whether he's infected or her. Or he's a host because then he gets up, stands up, starts like kind of walking, you know, along the other side of the street. Reaches in his jacket like for his gun or something like that. And then others start shooting too because it's Westworld, so everyone's just like shooting each other. Mave wants to uh, take a laundry truck because it's like a bootleg moonshine um, truck, whatever caleb keeps trying to fight the commands whatever and at one point he picks up a machine gun and he points it at mave because Hale's trying to control him and then um then he gets stabbed in the side by a host or something like that and mave shoots at the host and kills it she shows she throws Hale in, in the back of the truck and then you know he caleb gets in a passenger seat and and mave drives out of there in the desert bernard says that they're close to the weapon and there's like this drone it's like flying over their head so they start covering up the vehicles with like this tarp and stuff like that. It's like, is that really going to work? But Bar- Bernard just like walks out and the drone starts like almost locking in on him. But then C covers him with the, the cloaking cam. And it must be like some high tech because as soon as she covers, it's like sh- they're like invisible. So he almost got locked on, but then she covered. So it's like, wait, what are you doing, Bernard? And then uh, as he's on the ground or whatever, then he sees like a bug in the sand or something like that. He's like, this is it. He's like, it's just over this ridge. Christina goes out to meet Maya at a restaurant. You know, she goes to a restaurant bar. Maya puts some like lipstick on Christina, whatever, and then Christina goes to put the lipstick in her purse, and it falls out of her hand. It falls off the table and rolls. Someone picks it up. It's Teddy, or whoever this new Teddy is, and he's like, "Oh, don't mind me, just trying to look chivalrous." Maya's like, "Told you, because you know she was talking about him." So this is her date, and and and. Christina's just kind of like, look at him. So they go and sit at a table and he's like, Oh, tell me about yourself. And she's like, well, there's not much to tell. So he's like, now I know you're either extremely modest or private. And she's like, well, we've just met, you know, you don't know anything about me. And he says that he feels like he's known her for lifetimes. And she's like, and now I know that you're extremely cheesy. He's like, well, perhaps you could write me a better line. And then she's like kind of pauses, like, okay. She's like, what's that supposed to mean? He's like, well, you're a writer, right? Because that's, he's like your roommate. Tell me whatever. Cause, and, and she, because at first she's like a little concerned, like how does he know that? But uh, he says that, you know, she's dedicated to her, her work. He understands that. He used to be like that. Wake up, do your job, go home, rinse and repeat. He's, he's, then he says like a train circling the smallest track. So she's like, well, what did you do? And he's like, you know, you wouldn't, Believe me, if if I told you, and she's like, well, try me or whatever like that. So finally, he's like, well, I was something of a bounty hunter with a heart of gold. Then she's like, have we met before? She's like, there's just something about you that's very familiar. And he's like, now who's the one using cheesy pickup lines to hit on me? And then she laughs. She's like, she's like, oh, well, I wasn't hitting on you. And he's like, no, that's a shame. So then he's like, well, he makes. How about a toast? Or like to you and your path wherever it leads. So, but she's like, she can, she does recognize him. I mean, she's kind of smiley and and she's. So it's it's kind of nicing them together, even though, what is the heck is going on? You know, it feels like this is like some sort of manipulation. I don't trust Christina. I wonder if she's like up to something. Like, why is she keep like trying to push. Um, did I say Christine? Why is Maya? I don't trust Maya. Why is Maya keep trying to you know push someone on on Christina? And then of all the people, she how where did she find this Teddy person to to whatever? So I feel like there's some something up with her, but who knows? But then her dream that could have something. Uh, well, I'll we'll get to that later. So the laundry truck still driving. Caleb's like holding his bloody wound. Uh, then he has a flashback to after he was shot. Maeve uh, is standing by as he's getting resuscitated by some, some docs. And then in the present, Kayla asks if she's going to disappear on him this time too. And she's like, it's like, Oh, typical. It's like using the gravity of the situation to dredge up the past. But then he's like, he's like, seriously. And she says, she's like, well, I didn't. She's like, I sat at your bedside for weeks fearing the worst. She's like, she confronted something that she had never confronted before. Mortality, the finality of death with his kind. He asked her once what a regular life for him would look like, um, and she saw a vision of what it could be for him to be free, and it was extraordinary. You know, and I, I'm pretty sure his wife was there at the hospital in the flashback. So Maeve's like looking from like outside, you know, the, the door, and, and she just like walks off. So she's like, "I'm gonna leave you be." So she's like continuing. She's like, "Our kinds are locked in a perpetual struggle. I wanted you to do more than fight to survive. I wanted you have something to fight for." She's like, "I already." I had already known the love of a daughter and I planned on spending eternity holding it dear. And then in the present, you know, we, we see Caleb struggles. He's like, and you've been alone for all these years. She says that she knew if she stayed put, no harm would come to him and he deserves to have something real to hold on to. So that's why she left and it would have been fine. Except one day she got curious. She reached out through the grid to find him. And then he's like, that's how Hale found up, found us. And she says that, you know, she told him that she'd get him to Uwade, and she will. So they they reach this work site as they drive by. It's like there's, like, all this, like, construction, whatever. There's a sign. It says Park Expansion Project, Active Demolition Site, Caution, Explosives. So she, she tells Hale to get out. You know, she opens up the back. She's pointing, like, machine gun at her. They start walking, and then there's, like, gunfire. So somehow... William, the man in black, is there, like shooting at them. Like he, I don't know how he knew they were gonna get there. Maeve says that she'll handle him, and he, so he can go into his like office, a like, construction office, and call his team to get him out of there. William says that they keep getting interrupted, so she starts firing a machine gun, but somehow misses him with every single shot caleb uh, takes hale inside the the office and like ties her to a chair he starts calling on a radio it's like all static someone answers or responder according to the 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 captions so he sends his coordinates uh, then he asks about his family and the responders like they're fine it's like they they lost carver but his family is safe so carver was the dude that was watching them that got taken out and replaced by a host that they 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 realized So then he starts, like, struggling, and Hale's like, you can feel it. It's like the burden of your consciousness being released. It's like your will is no longer your own. It belongs to me. Then there's, like, the control thrumming device thing, like, outside, of course. Uh, They're building stuff. They have one of those control things there. So she's like, pick up the gun. She's like, let's end this, shall we? So he goes outside, like, outside the door, and she's like, aim the gun at her. So he points, because Maeve is, is... staying by the the laundry van while man in black is like off trying to shoot at her. And she's like, that's right. And so he's about to fire and Maeve moves out to, to try to get a better shot at at the man in black. Caleb fires at William. And then he's down. So Hale looks at him from his side. How did you disobey me? So a helicopter, you can see a helicopter is approaching. So he says to Hale, he's like, because I have something you don't have. Maeve looks up at the office and smiles and then she gets shot in the chest. So somehow the man in black was still able to shoot her, even though he got shot several times by Caleb and Maeve. So he starts to get up and Maeve can be like barely stand. And he's like, you think this is over? You can't stop us. You're still going to die back in the park by my hand. And then he like stabs her in the gut and she like grabs onto him. Like it's like, she's hugging him, but like just holding on. So there's a computer voice in the office, like explosives, armed caution warning. And William's like, Look here, this is the last face you'll ever see. And she's like, One lesson the park taught me always insists on mutual satisfaction. So Caleb tries telling me, because he realized what's going on, that she's setting, arming all the explosives. He's like, Don't do this. So there's like a whole row of explosives like beneath them. They're all like lighting up on a board. And she's still holding on to the man in black and then she says that to Caleb she's like see you in the next life darling he's like no no <laughs> and he's just like like groaning and like yelling whatever responder I, on, on the radio asked Caleb was like, what was that he's like are you alright because you know they must have seen there was a bunch of explosion Hale tells she's like wake up she's like you doze off for a minute there she's like you don't look so good he, he's like you should be more worried about yourself because the, the people are coming that, that they won't take too kindly to her or something like that and he's like, "I won't rest until everything you built is destroyed." And she's like, "Are you sure you'll make it?" He's like, "I don't give a fudge what happens to me." It's like Frankie will not grow up in a world where she's controlled by you. Then in the desert, and when I see this again, it's like okay, at the the, the dig site or the bombing, the construction site, it's nighttime, but in desert, it's daytime. So it's like how? Why are these like different time zones like so drastic? Whatever. C asks like, "How are they supposed to know where to dig?" and bernard's like trial and error or whatever and they have this like big fan thing that i don't know if it's supposed to like blows the sand away to help dig i don't, I don't know but they had it loaded on the back of one of the trucks charlotte asks Hale, is like do you remember how you got here and he's like of course mave and hale says that she's afraid that she's a goner and she's like took out my man too it's like well i can always rebuild mave on the other hand She was something special. And Caleb snarls. He's like, I'll kill you for this. And then his head starts ringing again. And the responder asks, he's like, are you there? Can you see our lights? And Hale's like, do you remember what happens now? Do you remember this moment? And he says he doesn't understand. She's like, come on, Caleb, think. So he's like struggling. He's like, we got to the shed. Mae died. The lights came. And she says, those lights don't belong to your men. They belong to mine. And then two, like some, some guys come in with, with gun. They shoot kale He gets shot several times, like in the chest. And then, then he like snaps back to this moment and Hale's like, you died right here. So then it's like, um, what are you talking about? Hale? What, what the heck is going on? So then we're back at the desert. I guess the fan blew some sand away. Bernard starts digging. And he says to see, he's like, most of the others don't believe there's a weapon here. Do they? And she says that, you know, she has her own reasons for digging and he's like, and they aren't about a weapon, are they? You're looking for your father. Hmm. And she's like, my father's dead. And he, Bernard's like, that's what you've told yourself since you were a child. You can never really bring yourself to believe it, can you? And she's like, they say it happened here. If it's true, there'll be a body. Hmm, right? And then it cuts to Caleb. He's like, where am I? Hale says the question he's asking shouldn't be where, but when. And she's like, how long have you been here? He's like, why are you asking me that? And she's like, it's part of an interview to establish a baseline. He's like, baseline for for what? She stands, fidelity. And he, he's like, no. He opens his shirt to look at the wound because he put like this bandage patch thing on it. He peels it off and he's like, not even bleeding there. It doesn't even look like there's a mark. He's like, I'm me. He's like, it's still me. And she's like, well, you're certainly a version of you. I believe the mm, 278th. And she's like, don't look at me like that. This kind of experimentation was started by your kind. And he's like, that means my, my family, my daughter, She says a parasite worked on adults initially, but there was always some resistance. At a certain age, your brains become more rigid, difficult to change. Fortunately, that's not the case with children. Your children are so flipping good at taking orders, so with them, it was seamless. The parasite going in like perfect symbiosis with their minds, it took a generation for those children to mature, uh, for me, for Hale, to gain complete control over your world. And he's like, how long has it been? And she's like, for you... 23 years, since you died in the park. You're beginning to see it now, aren't you? And then it cuts to he, he wakes up in a in a chair in front of Hale, and he's like in and like regular, almost almost looks like like surgical scrubs, like just like plain like clothing, like sweats or shirt or whatever. And he's like no. So they're in this empty room. There's just the two of them in a the chair, and there, there's like a glass. It's like a glass office, and there's like a window and everything like that. He's like no, no, and he's like grunting. Bernard's in the desert still digging. So he found something. So he's like digging there he starts wiping, there's there's a sign. You've got to figure it out by now, right? Because as soon as he hit it, you're like, okay, and he's it's the explosive sign. And then Bernard's like, sorry, see, there is a body, but it's not your father's. Caleb isn't here. But that weapon I promised you is. And you can see in the desert is Maeve's body. So this was like, what the heck? So this is what I kept saying. Why is a desert it's like daytime and then the other things are like nighttime? Because even like with Frankie and Uweid, it's like it's been night when they're like leaving the place and then it cuts to the desert. It's daytime and it cuts to Maeve and it's like nighttime. So they, they've done this before with like the Man in Black when we saw the younger version, the older version where we thought they were happening at the same time and it's just like, nope, surprise, just kidding. So they basically did that again here. So I, I kind of... This is where I kind of pat myself on the back where I kind of wondered what are we just supposed to ignore that? Am I nitpicking, wondering why there's it's such a contrast in the time of day when these scenes keep flipping back and forth but but, Who cares about that? The important thing is like, holy crap, it's been 23 years. And the fact that Caleb is dead, he's been replaced. He's not even real. He's dead. C is his daughter. Why is she going by C if her name is Frankie? I mean, I guess she's calling herself C after Caleb, I'm assuming. But it's just like, holy. So the thing is, Bernard wasn't sitting in a hotel for seven years. He was sitting there for friggin' 23 years at least. Or maybe less. But it's just like, so... That this is this is where the show just keeps getting bonkers, or uh, you know, they just they take all these crazy risks, you know, just pushing things further. It's just like holy crap. So cutting back, um, going back, Caleb's sitting in shock. He stands, he looks out the window, and Hales like, "Now it's time for a new narrative." So Caleb's like, "Like no," and he just like runs out out of the office. He goes out um, through the lobby. He's at Olympiad Entertainment. And that's where Christina works. So that's the other question, which isn't fully clear. When does the Christina story take place? I'm, I'm assuming the Christina story has taken place this 23 years or 30 23 years later. I'm assuming that that's the case. So he goes out and out like the streets and sidewalk. He sees like the tower in a distance. So maybe I'm trying to think if she's actually seen it. Maybe. So maybe this is a little bit after that. And then, uh, he like kind of bumps into a guy in the street and he's like, watch it, pal. And then everyone just like freezes in the street. All there's like all these people in this little like courtyard place or whatever. The whole, it's like the whole world is frozen. The whole city is, is frozen. Cause you see like other people, like an overhead view. Then Charlotte's like, do you understand now, Caleb? And he looks at her. He's like, you won. And she's like, welcome to my world. And then a bag gets put over his head. And like two dudes, like take him away and inhale, like which just not her fingers. But then she like motions, the people start moving again. So the fly parasite must have worked. She can control everyone. And they're all li- living what they think is a normal life, but it's not. So going back with, with Maya's dream, that, that's probably what, ha- what happened. Where when she was a kid, she was having a picnic with the parents. The flies came and took them over and her as well. And then she just assumed it was a dream. So she's probably being controlled. So maybe she's being pushed into trying to set up christina with someone and she doesn't quite realize it and then the very last scene the the camera pans over from the city to a tower off off the coast you see we get a shot like this big tower thing and that's where it ends but yeah that was a that was a, a holy crap that they they did this like time jump thing um uh, yeah so i would even though i was kind of wondering that i it's it still caught me off guard all right, then with Blackbird, season one, episode three. I mean, it's only one season. It's just a, a six-issue, limited series, whatever. So, hand them out. We see Jimmy sitting in a cafeteria. He's looking at Larry from across a few tables. And then he's talking to Zickerman, the psychologist. And he asks Jimmy, he's like, how was week one? And he's like, disorientating. And then he asks, he's like, you having second thoughts? He's like, nothing but. Zickerman says, he's like, oh, we're in the same boat. But, you know, he knows that Larry should be in here he's like never out there so he mentions he had jimmy place in hall section everyone there is heavily medicated so he's gonna have to prescribe him an antidepressant and jimmy like looks at him and zickerman's like otherwise you'll arouse suspicion jimmy's like well there's nothing wrong with me and then he's like hence prison he's like oh really he says also um keep the visits to to him to a minimum because too many drop-ins will arouse suspicion in the yard zickerman continues his narration he says you know most of the prisoners grow predictable time they have a rhythm springfield's only rhythm is unpredictability and we see like this inmate stumble out into the yard after he got stabbed by someone so it's like yikes uh and then at cafeteria this like dude just like throws up randomly people are, like get mad so it's just like, all this crazy thing and so then back in the office zickerman's like it- it'll wear on him it'll affect his sleep and Jimmy's like, well, is that what happened to the guy who was in the cell before me? He pauses. He's like, the previous inmate had a predisp- predisposition to self harm, and then we we see like him like cutting himself, like is gross. Then he's like, okay, time's up. And Jimmy asks, he's like, if if things go south someday, it's like, how do I reach you or the warden? Um, he's like, just demand that you speak to me. Jimmy's like, uh, guards don't like demands much. Then Zickerman's like, how good's your memory? And he shrugs. He does this thing where he's like, mm, he kind of, he almost does like a Robert De Niro, like, like a sad face, like shrug thing. I I don't know. Um, but he's like top notch. Then Zickerman's like 612-5711. He's like, that's my home number. You could only know that if I gave it to you. He's like, that should be enough to convince any guard to reach out to me. So then Jimmy's like 612-5711. He's just like repeating himself over and over. Then he's in line at the pharmacy. Larry actually comes up behind him, and Jimmy like turns. He's like, "Like, oh, how you doing?" And then Larry just like points, you know, to, to keep moving down the line. Then Jimmy asks, he's like, "Oh, what pills they give you?" And Larry doesn't answer. Then he gets to the front. He's like, "Oh, nice chatting." Takes his pill. Guards checks his mouth and everything like that. And he goes. Then Miller talks to Lauren. He he's like, you know, about her her guy inside. He's like, "Why not use an undercover?" He's like, "Someone with experience." And you know she's like says that whatever some stuff. And so she, what she really wants to do is look look over phone calls at the Hall House last for the last ten years, plus all unsolved murder cases. Compare the compare them to his time off of his janitorial job. Then run all the missing persons report at the same time at the same period against Civil War and Revolutionary War reenactments. Miller's like uh, he's like we did all that in '94. He's like pretty much did all this before, and she's like, well, I guess then we're doing it again. He says that you know he looked at the Roach file last night. There was nothing. Then at the Reitler, the, he's like the Marion PD. The night before he took Larry into custody, they drove him out to the country looking for Reitler's body. The one cop said, uh, you know, all, all that stuff about Larry wasting their time driving around, and it turns out they let him do it to them again. So the next morning he drives Larry to Illinois, but. He's not the same guy he was the day before. He was like small and meek, like sad. So that morning, his eyes were bright. So the Marion PD told him um, he was somebody. He was a person of interest or something like that. Wabash uh, PD said it was uh, he was a, a possible serial confessor, and that was the last time Larry talked to him about um, the night he killed Jessica Roach. So and he just like sang his butt off, and he never said another word about the killings. So at the prison cafeteria, Jimmy sits at the end of the table where Larry's sitting. He's talking to this guy about like um, his his mom's car and like the oil and changing the oil or something like that. And the guy's like he's just getting frustrated. He just gets up. He like leaves and and Larry's just like oh you know but the oil needs to be changed and this and you know he just keeps kind of mumbling. Then Jimmy's like says so kind of across the table. He's like that guy seemed pretty upset. And he's like I'm Jimmy by the way. Another guy kind of nods at him. Larry like won't even look at him. Jimmy is brought to his room or to this this one room like to visit his dad so they, they hug and the guards like hey no contact so Jimmy says he's like he sh- um, he's like he should be in bed he's like what are you doing and big Jim says that he has to keep his mind active and Jimmy's like how'd you get in he's like it's not visiting day and big Jim says that the the fellows gave him a pass he's like he just showed him his badge he says that um, these boys are gonna watch out for you he's like inside or out blue is blue it's a brotherhood and Jimmy's like I'm not supposed to have a family. You just outed me as a cops kid and then big Jim like curses. He's because he realizes what he did. He's like, oh, I forgot. He's like, it's my mind. He's like, you know parts are just not connecting. He's like, I fudged up Jimmy, and Jimmy's like, it'll be fine. And he says that he's like, well, me and Sammy his his ex, or whatever. um I'm pretty sure she's Jimmy's mom. It. He just doesn't like her. He's like, we'll stick around. It's like, we found a motel that rents by a week. And Jimmy's like, no. He's like, then, then he's like, next time, he's like, respect um, normal visiting hours. Because, you know, big Jim insists on staying there. Walking out, Jimmy asks the guard if he minds uh, keeping this to himself. He, and he's like, your old man being a cop? He's like, ex-cop. And the guard's like, a lot of guys in, in, in here are cops kids. He's like, both sides of the bar He's like, don't sweat it. He's like, who'd listen to me anyways, right? Then, um, uh, the guard says there's an old timer who has been asking about him in the yard. He's like, has he ever heard of Vincent the Chin Gigante? And Jimmy's like, mob guy? He's like, used to walk around Little Italy acting all nutty? He's like, that guy? And uh, the guard's like, well, it was Greenwich Village, but yeah. And the guard says, uh, he's like, introduce yourself. He's like, drop my name. He's like, he's the best guy that you can know in here. And Jimmy's like, thanks. And then he's like, my old man does the job 20 years. He used to say, what makes it hard time is people giving each other a hard time. He's like, it doesn't have to be like that. So it's like, thank goodness, there's a, a a nice garden here that's helping Jimmy out, right? Right. Uh, missing case files. Lauren reads one to Miller. It was three days before Reitler, caused a death of strangulation. They originally thought it was her brother, but they didn't have any evidence. There's a a bottle of uh, this woman's uh, birth controls was found in Larry Larry Hall's van. Hall was pulled over near Marion in his dirty van, not the clean one found in a van were birth control pills, a hunting knife, coils, a rope, ski mask gloves, and a please pray missing persons poster for Trisha Reitler. And then uh, Miller's like, where did all this evidence end up? And she's like, nowhere. Hall was cited for misdemeanor and let go. And Miller asks, he's like, when didn't he confess or whatever, or when did he confess? And she's like, it was that afternoon. They kept him on a 12 hour hold and then kicked him loose. So they deemed him a serial confessor. They say that they made him feel he didn't do it after he confessed that he did. Is that, or that, That's what Brian says. But it was also weird because uh, when he says like a bottle of birth control pills, because that, that seemed weird to, to Brian. Um, prison yard, Jimmy sits on the bleachers. This old man sits next to him and he's like, you're Italian, right? And Jimmy's like, yeah. He's like, how Italian? He's like, three quarters. He asked him if he knows bocce. And he's like, yeah. So, the the old guy, Higante, says he has an issue with his shoulder, so he wants Jimmy to make a long throw so no one notices. And then, um, you know, they talk some more. And he says, he tells Jimmy that he likes him because he has manners. He's like, so don't fudge up. So they, they start playing a game. And he asks, like, Jimmy, where his grandfather's from. You know, it's, it's from the city. It was right next to where Mr. Higante's from, all the stuff like that. Jimmy stands in his cell door. Then Larry comes out of his cell. Then he's like, "Can I ask you something?" He's like, "Do you not like me, or something?" And then uh, they go into like the TV room to, to watch a show, and Jimmy stands, you know, behind them. So they're watching America's Most Wanted, and then Jimmy sits. Larry's just like transfixed, like watching the screen. This other guy comes, another inmate comes, and just changes the channel, even though there's like half a dozen people like watching that show. And Larry's like, oh, "We were watching that," and the guy's like, "Yeah, now you're fudging that." So then Larry just like looks away. Jimmy gets up and changes it back and you guys stands right up to him. He's like, You want to change that back? And Jimmy's like, No, I don't. And he's like, right fudging now. And then Jimmy punches him and then pounds on my face. He's like, Do I look like a fudging remote control of you? He's like, hits him like like ten or eleven times. A couple guards come and like pull him off and drag him away. He gets thrown into solitary. So it's like, uh, you're you're not supposed to be reacting. So I don't know if he was just angry about the whole getting outed thing. No, right? He's got no reason to be angry at this point. Next day he walks to his cell. Larry's uh, by his own cell, whatever. He's like, "They let you out?" He and he's like, yeah, "After a night, yeah." And then in a high voice, like Larry's like, "Why'd you stick up for us?" Jimmy chuckles. He's like, "I wasn't sticking up for you." And then he introduces himself and he holds out his hand. Larry finally shakes it and says his name. Jimmy's like, "Why'd that guy get upset the other day about the car?" Larry's like, oh, Percy is excitable. He's like, he probably got upset because he thinks he's never going to see his his car again. He's serving life. And then Larry asks, um, what does you know? He asks Jimmy, what does he drive? He's like, on the outside, he's like, '67 Camaro SS.' And Larry's like, oh, he's, he's impressed with that. Then he's he's like, I like Vans. And Jimmy's like, yeah, you trick him out. Larry pauses, and he's like, it's unhealthy to think like Percy. There's always hope and then one guard comes up and asks jimmy if he has a second so they they go into jimmy this uh, actually i don't think it was jimmy's cell must have been another cell and then he's like temper temper so he mentions that he saw the old man take a shine to him and he's like um are you one of them and he's like connected he's like no then he then uh he's like he's like no he's like someone that he can put his trust in like he'll take care of him if he is He's like, because uh, he'll cut your throat if he's not. Jimmy's like, well, what's what's your point? And the guard says, Jimmy's old man must have been a hell of a cop. Took him all of a minute and a half to, in here to blow your cover. He's like, you see, the only reason someone comes into a place like this under an assumed identity is because they're a snitch. He's like, now, who you're here to snitch on, that doesn't matter. That you're here to snitch is the only concern. So you're either Jimmy the Gunrunner from Wisconsin or or you're Jimmy the drug dealing cop's kid from Chicago. Now if you're the first Jimmy, no problem. But if it gets out that you're the second Jimmy pretending to be the first Jimmy, oh, it's like that's that's going to be a very unfortunate day for both fudging Jimmies. He's like, "What do you want?" And he's like, "Dude, I want to help you. I want to make sure everyone continues to know you as Jimmy the gunrunner. But I need your help for that. I mean, I can't keep doing all the good in this relationship without getting a little something back." And Jimmy's like, yeah. He's like, I wouldn't want you to feel take, taken advantage of. And the guard like kind of chuckles and he snaps He's like, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. And he slaps him and he like, grabs his jaw. He's like, let's not go confusing me with someone that you can disrespect. He's like, I read up on you. You're a big player in Chicago, lived large. So I need a small loan and I'm good for it. And it ain't much, not to you. He's like, but it's a lot to me in my present circumstance. I need it fast. So Jimmy's like, how much? He's like, 10000 He's like, how am I supposed to come up with 10 grand in here? He's like, talk to your daddy. Never met a drug dealer who didn't have money for a rainy day. Tell your old man to get me ten thousand like yesterday. Jimmy's like, Well, I'll need to reach out to him. And the guard's like, I already did. He'll be here tomorrow. So Jimmy is like, he's ticked off and he like tries calming himself. Then he goes over to Larry's cell and he's like, Do you mind if I come in? And Jimmy like he's like, ooh. And then um, or Larry's like a little nervous but jimmy sees like the pictures of of larry and revolutionary stuff on the wall you know he's like dressed up at a reenactment then uh larry tells him about his identical brother in the picture he he's like identical he's like yeah he fed on me and and our mother and he got all the nutrients and whatnot someone calls out like a guard's like lights out in five then larry's like why are you being so nice to me and jimmy's like i don't know how anyone does time in a place like this without a friend to talk to he's like and we're right across from each other so night larry jimmy talks to his dad mentions a bag he gave him before and big jim's like it, it's it's all gone he's like we got to eat and jimmy's like there was 80 grand in that bag and Jim, big jim's like well it's more like 70 and he's like you know and jimmy's like there's also two keys of blow he's like what happened to that Big Jim says that he gave him to Danny to sell and then he got jacked up by some guys, some Nicaraguans or someone. And Jimmy's like, Danny can't be trusted. Then Jimmy says, that he's like, okay, there's a shoebox in the laundry room. And Big Jim knows about that. He's like, I got medical bills and the business is the house. He's like, it all adds up. Jimmy's like, dad, if I don't come up with 10 grand, I'm dead. And Big Jim's like, it's like, all right. He's like, what do we do? Then Jimmy mentions the basement of this other house. He's like, there's a center um, wall speaker for the TV. He's like, there's about a kilo in there. He's like, if you can get it to me, then I can figure out how to move it in here. She's like, okay, okay I'll, I'll do that. Lauren and Miller talked to a sheriff about uh, Raina Reeson, the other, other suspect before um, Reitler or whatever. Prime suspect uh, walked. So they, and the, the sheriff's like, they didn't have much, much on him. So Lauren asks if he remembers the name Larry Hall, You know, he confessed. They found evidence in his van, and he mentions a bottle of birth control. He asked Laura, which is kind of rude. He's like, do you keep your your birth control in a bottle? And she's like, oh, I assume they meant a pack or a case. He's like, nope. And it was like, he's like a dubious looking label too. He's like, I checked every pharmacy for 75 miles. Couldn't find a prescription for birth control in Reeson's name. He's like, and they checked her blood, found trace amounts of Accutane, some acetaminophen, some THC, but no progestin or anything found in birth control medicine. Hall confessed and had a great story, or he told a great story. He was so convincing, you know. He wondered, he's like, "What if this whack job told the same story to a gullible reporter or cop?" He's like, he mentioned the whereabouts of Hall the night Reeson was killed. He was at a Civil War reenactment in Ohio, a few hundred miles away. He found witnesses and even a picture. Then he's like, starts getting testy. He's like, he's like, "I found a picture and witness because I manned 600 miles and over 100 hours working on Hall." He's like, I had to sit in front of a budget committee six months later to explain why I wasted taxpayer money to ascertain the innocence of a serial confessor. So he's like, Larry Hall planted fake evidence on himself for a crime no one was looking at him for. He's like, what kind of human being does that? Jimmy and Larry talk. um, Jimmy's like getting to talk about arrowheads that he's found by his parents. And Larry's like, unless you're in New York or Chicago, he's like, the world is fields. He's like, they're everywhere they start talking about like the smells and the fall and the winter. Jimmy mentions like wet leaves, Halloween, football, and then he's like that's probably the only lie I love. That that and he's like what lie? He's like that things would be good, that he'd get the girl he loved, that they they'd go off and they are happy have their happy ending together and she'd love him forever. And Larry's like what was her name, the girl? And Jimmy shakes his head. He's like there was he's like I don't know. He's like I never met her. He just thought that that was a deal, that you did something really well, that the girls really liked you know, like to watch you do. And then the girl shows up and you were rewarded with her for life. So Larry's kind of like looking down and silent. Then Jimmy's like, well, what can I say? He's like, I peaked in high school. Larry's like, well, at least you had high school. Pretty sure I peaked in the womb. Jimmy laughs and, and Larry laughs too. And the guard uh, Carter comes in with like a bandage on his face and and Larry's like, oh, he's like, Mr. Carter, what happened? And he's like, oh, last night's hockey game got intense. There's another guard with him, too. He's there to take Larry to his 2 o'clock appointment. So alone, Carter says, he's like, they cracked my cheekbone so I could still work. He's like, where's my money? And Jimmy's like, it won't be money. It'll be a product. He's like, and I'll need to move it. Carter's like, how are you going to do that? He's like, well, if you can get it in, I can move it fast. He's like, "I can get me your 10 grand in a day. And Carter's like, well, what about the Latin Kings and this like other group? He's like, the ones that will shank you before you sell your second gram. He's like, well, that's who I'll sell it to. He's like, I'm not trying to deal grams. I'm hoping to unload a single kilo to a single buyer at a hell of a discount. He's like, hopefully it'll, it'll get here tomorrow. So Larry is talking, must be some other counselor whatever, This this lady. He's talking to her about Jimmy. He's like, he didn't know what reenactments were, so I've been telling him. He's like, because he's easy to talk to. And she's like, "Oh, what makes it him easy to talk to?" And Larry's like, "He looks at me, not through me." And and he's very funny. The lady's like, "That sounds positive. Like you're making a friend." Lauren and Miller are at a bar. They're sort of they're frustrated. They're upset. They're drinking. Uh, you know, talking about what they found out, the planning of the evidence. So she she wonders if. And he's like, "No." He's like, "Larry lies. He steals. He hoards. He kills girls. Lots of them." And she's like, well, his brother calls him a serial confessor. And Miller says that, he, well, he's a serial killer, too. One doesn't cancel the other. She says that all the cases they've looked at, there isn't any linking evidence. But Miller says because he's a janitor who drives around a van with uh, you know, filled with chemical solvents. And he spent all his formative years digging graves. So when he kills, he buries them so deep in places people wouldn't look. He's like, he's very good at this. So she says, or he just likes telling stories. Jimmy and Larry are walking down this hall, and Jimmy's like, "Are we allowed here?" And Jimmy's like, "Yeah, whatever." It's because he works on the boiler, so he's allowed to go there. Like, he even has a key to the padlock, so they go in this this room. There's like a like a table and chairs, whatever. And um, then Jimmy asks, uh, "Why is he?" Or he asks Jimmy. Larry asks Jimmy, "Why is he there in Springfield?" And Jimmy's like, "Selling guns without a license and displaying antisocial tendencies." So they get there. Larry's like, "Well, this is my office." And Jimmy asks, he's like, what's the worst mess he ever had to deal with? And Larry thinks, and he mentions his factory floor. There's like a possum or something died, and then it's like rats got to it. There's like, pieces everywhere. Someone decided to mop over it, and he said that was, like, laminate over it. And then Jimmy's like, so what'd you do? He's like, I got out the big guns. He's, and he mentions all these different, like, toxic chemical, like, cleaning chemicals and stuff like that. He talks about, like how everything and he's even talking about like some that he he even like put a little urine in there like peed in a little bit he talks about how like all body fluids have a have a, a, a purpose then he mentions his brother gary and he says you know um he's like well he starts talking about body parts now and he's he's like sometimes he says that sometimes they're wet and jimmy's like confused he's like what's wet so this might get a little graphic, but just just to understand the mindset. So if you got any little ones listening in, just 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 be aware. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm gonna censor it, you know, PG thirteen and all that. But uh, so Jimmy's confused. He's like, "What are you talking about?" Larry just kind of looks like he's like, you know, and he kind of like holds his hand over his, his crotch. So Jimmy figures out what he's talking about. He's like, "You never had a wet one before?" He's like, "No." He's like, "I think you're making it up." And he's like, "Gary, too?" And he like nods. So Jimmy's like, so the woman you've been with, they're as dry as pine bark. And Jimmy's like, How do you penetrate? And Larry's like, just jam it in. And Jimmy's like, they don't care about that? And Larry's like, the girl? He's like, I don't care. He's like, do do you? Do you care what the girl thinks of you after? And Jimmy's like, only once. So now he's like trying to work Larry, like you know, come up with a story. I'm assuming it's it's a story. He's like, only once. Like, she didn't like the way things were going down too much. He's like, uh, we were younger and at her parents' house and she was going to scream, so I covered her mouth real hard. Then I had to tell her never to say anything or or else, you know? And then Larry's like, or else what? And he's like, I don't know. He, and Larry's like, I do. And then a guard comes in. Ciao, guys. It's chow time. So Jimmy is trying to work this angle, trying to Get Jimmy, and it seems like it's working. I mean, that doesn't sound to Jimmy. Of course, could be full of crap, just making everything up, which maybe he is. But I just don't know. I don't know if he's innocent or not. So Jimmy meets with Big Jim, and he asks if he gave it to Carter, and he shakes his head. He's like, "There's nothing there, Jimmy." He's like, "I looked at all three speakers with on a ladder and a flashlight." He's like, "There's nothing there." So Jimmy just kind of laughs. He's like, "Who else has been at the house?" You know the. Uh, he's like, no one, you know, just to check the pipes and stuff. He's he's like, it's big Jim. He's like, I do that. So like, your brother does the same. He's like, that's it. Then he's like, well, you know, Danny stayed there that one weekend. He's like the weekend you said he could. And Jimmy's like, I never said he could stay at the house. Basically, Danny ripped him off. And then he says more to himself. He's like, I'm going to flip and die in here. So he tells big Jim to go home and he gets up and he bangs on a gate. And there's this other guard comes in. He's like, where's Carter? And the other guy's like that. It's like, that's Mr. Carter. He's like, he had an emergency. He's like, who are you? So he didn't really like uh, Jimmy banging like that. Miller uh, thinks about Larry, like their first talk when he mentioned looking for car parts and a lot of driving around. So he's just trying to figure him out. Lauren goes to visit Jimmy. Has he made contact? Uh, Has he said anything about the murders? And he's like, no, we're not at that stage yet. Jimmy kind of squints a little at her. And she then she asks because you know he can tell like something's up. She's like, "Do you think he did any of it?" He's like, "Could he be you know just be sick taking credit for things he never did?" And Jimmy's like, "No, he's a murderer." And she's like, "How can you be so sure?" He's like, "He's he's like you know something I don't." Then he's like, "One of the guards is going to blow my cover unless I can get him ten grand." He's like, "It might even be too late." She she's like, "I can't get you ten grand." She's like, "The bureau would never approve it." Then he's like, "So what do I do?" She's like. We can get you out. And he's like, today? She's like, no, it might take weeks, maybe longer. And she's like, you can go into PC or solitary. I don't know what PC is, protective custody? And the Jimmy's like, he's a fudging guard. He'll get to me. And he's like, say I could survive in PC or something. What would happen then? Uh, she's like, you'd go back and do your 10 years. And he's like, what would happen to Hall? If the appellate court decides, like the other judge did, that the confession was coerced, he'll walk. He'll be out in the world. And Jimmy, like, thinks back to how Larry was, like, looking like, super creepy. And he's like, then I'm staying in. He's like, I'm staying in. She says that I can't protect you. He's like, I know. Then he says, he's like, Hall confessed to a crime he didn't do. So? She's like, so? That throws all of this in doubt. He's like, no, it doesn't. And she's like, if something happens to you in here, you know, and he's not our guy, then Jimmy's like, he's our flipping guy. He's like, I can't think any other way so she thinks and then she's like accelerate your timetable get hall to tell you where he buried those bodies and we'll get you out and he tells her um he's like keep your your cell on and he gets up so then we see various shots of the prison like the yards the cell and then like you know jimmy walking out with the guard like out of the, the that room through the yard and then he like walks up to the camera it's kind of like soprano style or something like that so jimmy is in trouble he needs to come up with 10 grand and uh yeah, I don't know what he's gonna do. How he's gonna deal with this Carter guy? That was that episode. Okay, then Resident Evil. So we're gonna uh, conclude Resident Evil. So we do episodes five through eight. So I'm just gonna try to go as fast as I can. Episode or season one, episode five, Home Movies. So it starts off 2036. Jade's just standing there. The lights are are like hurting her. It's like, why aren't you running? Soldiers come out of nowhere, like grab her. You know, she thought she was free. So one lead soldier removes her helmet, but we don't see who it is not yet cuts to 2022 wesker keeps trying to call jade he sees the girls return home on a security camera you know he looks on his phone he's got an app or something like that then he gets called in the office by evelyn so she tells um simon that he's grounded because she found out he was at a party or whatever wesker sees on hell there because they, they found him and the the cops the umbrella cops whatever found him she explains who he is and how they can't buy him. Like they tried to like shut him up before, but he just keeps pushing. So she wants Albert, and you know there's like all these like sharp medical tools like sitting out. So she wants him to get she she wants Wesker Albert to get him <laughs> to talk. He gets a text from the girls, and then he's like, oh, "I got to go." Then Evelyn's like, "Well, then you better work fast." So he goes up to the and he's he says that he knows him. Angel says that he's like he's like you're supposed to be dead. Then he whispered, he's like, I know your daughters. And Wesker like, punches him in the face twice. And he goes and gets a scalpel. Jade can't find any information on the, the OG Raccoon City getting nuked. And Billy's like, that's because that guy's lying. But Jade mentions dad never uh, mentioned like the moms the surrogates. He never talks about his family. Does he have any brothers or sisters? Where was he even born? Billy's like, that guy was insane. We're talking about on the reporter. And Jade's says that she found a video on Tijuana and it looked like people died, and she's like, "Let's find out. Like, let's find out our birth certificates." And so they they go into Albert's room. They're, they're looking around. Jade finds like a dog whistle, like in the, up in the shelf, and like a gun clip. It's just like, why would he have a dog whistle? Then she finds a laptop under the bed, and so she goes to log in, but it's a different password than because he she mentioned before he uses the same password for everything, even in his lab. So she calls Simon about hacking her dad's laptop and she tells him about Raccoon City getting nuked. Um, somehow he's able to hack into the laptop over the phone. Cause maybe, I don't know if it's on a network somehow. So he, I, and how this kid is like this super duper crazy, awesome hacker. I never understood what, whatever. So he's like, it just looks like regular normal old people stuff, you know, bills and or, or, or all that. Then she's like, what about the mail? And then Simon's like, oh, he has a a, a dead drop email that he has to send a, a code to every 24 hours. Otherwise, it sends. And she's like, to who? To Billy. So she's like, what does it say? So it's Billy, if you're reading this, I'm sorry. Something's happened to me, and I can't help you. And you may not have much time. Umbrella is, is coming for you. I've left the bag with everything you'll need. Find it, get Jade, and get out of the house. I'm sorry, but this is all I can do for you. To start, the key is buried beneath your feet on a road to Lombard Street. So Jade wants to find the bag to see what's what's in there. Simon says that he can help because he, you know, there's like security foot, like footage or cameras in the house, so he can like loop the footage and stuff like that. So they find a note behind a picture of them at Lombard Street in San Francisco it says that the key to a sad Jade, there's another note in there. The key to a, a sad Jade is in the fifth grade. Billy says that this is stuff that only they can figure out. And Jade says that when she was 11, she got her tonsils out and the doctor said that she had to sleep, but it hurt. So dad didn't know what to do. So um, he kept playing. And then they go to the piano. So Jade and Billy start playing moonlight sonata. The, like the key clacks on the last note because it's like it's stuck or something like that. So they lift the key and there's another note under sound on un, under there. And it's like moving song. Huh? That's all it says on a note. So they decide to move the piano. There's a hollow section under the floor. There's like this little trap door. They open it up, there's a bag in there inside. There's like 10 grand, uh, different types of money too, not, you know, like us money and other foreign currency passports. There's a gun in there. Billy and Jade argue. Um, Billy says that, you know, Jade is a messed up one. They then they apologize to each other. So they want to know what else Dad is hiding. Jade asks, you know, because uh, all this time Simon's like on a, like facetiming with them, and like he's because there's like some things that he couldn't loop, like the TV or the thermostat or whatever. Everything has cameras, so he's he's still on, on on the phone. So uh Jade asks, where would someone hide something in his in a house? All the houses are similar, like papers and stuff. Simon's like uh, maybe the basement and jay's like we don't have one and simon's like they all all the pre prefab houses do it's like under the stairs there's there's a door they go there but there's no door there and it's like by the kitchen so they're looking around and jade finds this secret panel with like rfid reader so they need a special card or a chip and um simon's like sometimes people implant them in their hand and jade tries like her hand she grabs billy the waves at the front nothing happens so then uh jade thinks about the dog whistle so she blows it and then pablo the little dog comes they raise pablo move it around there's a chip inside pablo that opens the door so it seems like every single time wesker wants to go in the basement he needs to get the dog <laughs> so they they open a the door and then uh, they start going down the stairs the call to simon gets cut down they lost the signal so there's a lab down there. There's like boxes with like childhood stuff, like on the show. There's there's a chair with restraints. Uh, Jade finds their blood samples in a little like the fridge thing. There's a a box that says RC nineteen ninety eight. So Raccoon City. There's a DVD player and there's a like they take out one disc that says Lisa. So they there's someone there's an armed soldier in, and I guess it's Dad because you can hear his voice. And then there's this they look around they go into like the cell. The guards like got a you know rifle ready. There's a mutated girl and she has like this big eyeball on her back. So Billy just wants to leave. She doesn't want anything to do with this. But Jade starts like reading file observations and then there's stuff about like Billy like 72 hours like that's how long it's gonna kick in. And if she does turn, she'll need to be contained. So Jade decides to take the stuff as proof. Like unplugs she unplugs the computer to like take it with. And it sets off an alarm network improperly disconnected burn sequence initiated 30 seconds. They go to the door, the door, the door is locked. So then the burn sequence activates fire starts like torture, and everything like all their childhood toys and, and stuff like that. All of the computers and who knows, whatever they just nothing they can do. They go in the centered room. They're like on this table and then whoosh, like fire extinguishers turn on door opens. It's dead. Wesker's there. He's like, what are you doing here? And Jade calls it like his secret lab. And he's like, you know what I do? And she mentions a girl with the eyeball on her back. And he's like, that's what you do? And he's like, that wasn't me. And she's like, well, it sure sounded like you. And then she asks about the donor mar- moms and where they were born. And he tells them like right away. And then she says that she found his email and the clues. So why does he have their blood in the mini fridge? And Jade, um, he's saying some stuff. And he's like walking towards him. She tells him to stop. And then she pulls out like a sharp object at him and he's like, no. He's like, I'm not playing this game. And he grabs her arm. He's like, I'm your flipping father and you'll do as you're flipping told. Billy whacks him with like something like heavy. I don't I don't think it was a laptop. It was like something. And he's like, false. They put him in that chair with the restraints and Billy's like, that chair was for me, right? And he mentions, he's like, the dog was sick and the T-virus, it changes your cells. It can make you inhuman. So Billy kind of starts freaking out and he says that, you know, she fought it off that they're strong. It's in their DNA. So then they're like, well, you know, why the blood? He says, uh, umbrella made them possible. They want to observe them. So he mentions the dude on hell and said that he talked to them. It's like, they don't know what umbrella will do to him. So Jade says, he's like, stop blaming them. It's like, you did this. And Billy says that they didn't tell him anything, but he knows that she got bit. Cause you know, she saw it when her shirt like moved Wesker's like, says that they'll have to let him go if the company finds out that she was infected. So if he talks and says that Wesker's daughter was bit, they won't stop until they have her. She's so like, that girl in the video, he's like, you saw what they did to her. So he says that he's the only one that can save them now. So let him save them. Then outside Jade's like, you're not going to hurt him. Right. talk about on hell. And he's just like, stay safe. Cuts to 2036. Soldiers approach Jade. She tries moving. She gets grabbed. Then the one removes his helmet, and Jade sees it's it's Billy. So this isn't a future, and she's like, "Hi, sis." See uh, season one, episode six. Someone's little girl. Twenty twenty-two. Albert goes to Umbrella. He tells Evelyn that they can use the joy drug in this Alzheimer's drug thing, which is sort of like has like some truth serum stuff in it. And so he asks, like, who sent him to come here? And then he he has a note with his when his back's like to the camera, so he's like holds it up when he's in front of uh, angel He's like, who knows about my girls? So Anhel, you know, he's not. He finally's like, he's like, no one. So Albert acts. He's like, wrong answer, and he injects him. He kind of convulses, and then some men come in to revive him. He's dead. Evelyn's like, I was looking for a mole. It's like, is it you? And Wesker says, like, if I wanted to ruin Umbrella, he's like, I could have done it thousands of ways. So fudge off. She's like, no. As he goes to leave, and he's like, well, what are you gonna do? He's like, hurting me hurts Umbrella, and Umbrella is all you have. So he gets up to leave, but then his her men at the door, so like, block him. Twenty thirty six. Jade's back inside, in the the place where the cool guy with sunglasses, the the, the prison thing some like soldiers are looking around billy comes up with the mother zero head and jade said that she thought she um, never left umbrella territory and she's like oh evelyn sent me to get you so i guess evelyn's still alive billy said it was a waste of time but she thinks that jade could be useful in the real world or in the world to come jade calls her evelyn's pet project and, you know, she doesn't have to ask her to do things. Billy says that the last time she saw her, she was 18, pregnant and had two busted teeth. And she's like, where's the kid? So Jade lies. She's like, I lost it. And then Jade's like, how's dad? And Billy's like, dad died asking for you. So they argue over like who was the favorite. And, and Billy says, you know, maybe Jade wasn't at first, but, and then Jade's like, well, our father was a psychopath. And Jade wants to know, is like, where was she going with the head to the university to test it? And she's like, where is it? He's like, we've been looking, you know, they've been looking for this university place. And she's like, fudge off. So Jay says, she's not giving her to university. Umbrella doesn't want to help. They only want to control everyone. And she should know because it, that it's been their whole lives. So she's like, I'll die before, you know, I go back to that place. And Billy's like, that's what I wanted you to say. And she says that when she chose umbrella, she chose wrong. She should have picked her. So wait, what? Like what, Billy? Now she gets a chance to say goodbye. So the virus, um, Jade says, she's like, you're immune. But Billy's like, I'm not. It just moves slower, but the clock is still ticking. So she's like, I just wanted to see you again. So she says that they intercepted a signal. There's a, a university team looking for her, less than a mile to the west. So she takes off Jade's cuffs. And Jade says, like, you can go too. Billy's like, just because I'm not chained up doesn't mean I'm free. She's like, just I, I just need you to punch me to the face. And she's like, oh. And she grabs uh, Jade's arm. She cuts the the bandage and she like digs into her arm and she and she pulls out a tracker because they like took her blood, you know, just a whatever for whatever reason. And they they inject her with a tracker, so she like takes it out and it like hurts her. So Jade punches her. And Billy's like, I never stopped being your sister. And then she runs. She manages to find the the bagged head. There's like a, a box or whatever they stuck it in there. She goes outside again. And click click guns. There's a couple of dudes. She's always getting caught. Um, they say they've been looking for her, and then uh, she gives. So it, it's her her, pe- her people. Or it's whatever. So she gives a head to this lady named Amrita, and then they go in this boat to a ship. Her husband and her kid are there. So the university is this big like. Uh, shipping ship, <laughs> a big, uh, sh- what do you call those ships? It's not a like a luxury thing. It's like a cargo ship. Maybe that's what. <laughs> so then, uh, then it's kind of gross. Uh, she plops out on her bed. She's been, she's like covered in blood and guts. She probably stinks. And you know, she probably hasn't showered in six months. Uh, husband's not happy when he hears that Jade went back into the bunker for the head. Cause you know, she's putting herself at risk. He talks of, of, of be their daughter and he says that, you know, he's like, just because I'm not the biological father. And she's like, just stop. So it's like, who is the biological father? She goes to clean up and in the shower, she's, you know, thinks back to her, like childhood with, with Billy. She comes down and she hears her husband talking to B. So the daughter mentioned that mom will be working. And he brings up, he's like, remember when we read Midsummer's Night Dream, whatever, and uh, he, so there was a character with a work, you know, how it, whatever. He, so the, the dude's like, your mother's work shapes her and mentions her dad trying to save the world, but it, he made it much, much worse. So, uh, Jade, her mom is trying to make up for that for him. And she, he's like, that's the second most important thing to her. And he's like, the first is you. And so Jade overhears all this stuff. So it's good that the dude's like trying to help things out, you know, smooth things over between mother and daughter in the morning. Jade tells her husband, her Tells a husband that her father's dead. Her sister told her. Umbrella sent her to bring her back, but then she let her go. He asks if he can trust her, and Jade says that Billy said she's dying. That you know she's been replaying memories like old home movies. Name of the episode. Um, but the other part of her wishes that she killed her when she had a chance. So it's like hmm. An alarm goes off. There's a ghost ship drifting or something like that, and there's like zeros down below. But it's like nothing ever really comes up with that. We just know there's a bunch of zeros in, in the ocean. Jade goes to her lab. She finds out Amarita is two months pregnant. And when um, she talked about when she had hers, she was young and alone. It was the hardest and greatest thing. They look at the zero head. So exposing like some of the cells to oxygen causes enzymes to break down. So they need to try to mix it with something. So then they're, they're like, well, what about saliva? So they do 45 different trials and it's, like, it's not working. So then Jade finally decides to use her own spit but then Jade has to go because there's a recital for the kids. So uh, B's gonna be playing piano. She's a crazy good. Like she's like really super super good at piano. Um, so Jade's watching everything like that. But then she gets a page from Amrita. So she's like, and then she gets up and and she she goes. So two enzymes. One keeps them away, and the other attracts them. So Amrita says that they would have to test that on real zero. So they may have a way to attract and repel zeros. So that could be one is more useful than the other. The other is more like a weapon. So she goes out and fish, um, to the water. She fishes out a zero and uh, it's weird. So she, you know, she's in this little boat. She puts it in there and she kind of turns her back on it. And then, so I guess it's just, it's still waterlogged and drowned or whatever. Oh, so it, it no. So it does sit up eventually and she jabs it with a, a needle that she took out she sneaks inside she has it like in a bag and um so then she she puts it in her lab she fastens it with some straps like the wall and then b walks in with coffee so i guess she knows the security code to enter the lab so she sees what the the zero there so she, she explains that she found a zero that could talk to other zeros and she explains the pheromone she tells b she's like okay go stay by the door She sprays herself with some stuff. I guess I cover her scent or whatever The stuff that she used before. She pricks her finger and there's blood and a zombie doesn't know she's there. You know, so the zombie's just kind of like just sitting there in a a daze. She waves her hand, nothing. But then of course, B is like walking closer and she's like, it worked. And then the zero either here, probably smells her breaks. One of the straps and Jade yells at her to get out. She's trying to hold a zero back. The second, um, strap snaps so b screams it's like you annoying little kid you just ruined everything jade gets knocked back the zero runs through the hall after b she's like running she runs up to the top and she runs past amrita and amrita gets attacked thanks to b this other lady shoots uh the zero in the head jade makes it up and amrita's husband sees her and jade's like this is all my fault So then Amrita's husband grabs a gun and like almost shoots her. But, you know, um, Jade's husband like knocks his hand up and the the gun, the bullet goes up in the sky. Then they hear choppers coming. So there's three umbrella choppers. So they must have somehow followed Jade. In 2022, there is an autopsy on Angel. Evelyn says that she wants to know what killed him. So um, he gets cut and then he like wakes up. He starts convulsing and his skin kind of changes. And she's like, Interesting. So Wesker's locked in a room, and then there's someone on the other side of the wall, because this little like tile gets pushed off, and there's like a hole in there. And he's like, since when are you such a scaredy cat? And he looks at inside, and it's like, wait, is that Wesker on the other side, but with the beard? And he's like, hey, bro, so how can there be two Weskers? Episode 107, Parasite, Arkali Mountains, 2005. There are three Alberts locked in in or in this like lab room. So there's Bert, there's Albert, and then there's the other one. I forgot what his name was. Then um, one comes in. He's kind of dressed like Blade in a big like black leather trench coat and like sunglasses. Uh, so two Umbrella soldiers come with him and tell Albert Wesker this is an unauthorized use of Umbrella property. So I'm just gonna call him Blade, even though that's not his name. So he runs up and takes them out, and then he shoots one of the, he should see other Albert to like start destroying the evidence. But then only Albert and Bert remain. Evelyn comes in and it's like, like what the fudge are you? Then 2022 Bert tells Albert. He's like, it's, it's been 17 years. Albert tells Bert it's been 17 years. So, I guess Bert's been locked up this whole time and Bert's surprised to hear that Albert hasn't been locked up, that he's made a, a life for himself. Albert says that, you know, he needs this help and he mentions his daughters and then two guards come and take Albert away before they can finish talking. 2036, Jade's in her lab. She cracks open like the mother zero head and she takes out a piece of something. She washes it off. There's a track in her so that's how the choppers found him her husband comes in she has asked if b's okay and he's like yeah then he's like what were you thinking so but the thing is amrita was on board with the plan she was would have totally done it but you know she was working the whole time while jade went to the recital and then she came back so she's like the one we have to test it on a zero so she knew perfectly well what they were doing he mentions Umbrella wanting to have a meeting or whatever and, and she's like it's a trap or whatever. But it turns out um Evelyn Marcus is the one asking for the meeting. So this uh leader dude, Saquim, goes to meet and he so he goes on land and, and they have like these big tents set up and there's like labs and workrooms or whatever the umbrellas there. So, I don't know how long they've, they've been set up there, but whatever. So, Evelyn greets him, and she's drinking champagne. She has a scar on her, her left cheek, so something must have happened between the, then. She says that she wants Jade Wesker, and he's like, she's a member of our community, um, so they may seem that they're just scholars or academics, but, you know, um, they have all their guns and weapons. He's like, we have weapons, too. So, he's like, we have a hard drive from Bali from 2022, and Umbrella wouldn't want the, the contents exposed. And she's like, you know, you can threaten all you want. He's like, you know, we'll just board the ship. You can expose whatever dirty secrets are on there. And unless, you know, I get what I want, I'm going to turn this little love boat into the Titanic. 2022, Albert's strapped to a chair. Evelyn comes in. So they ran to the reporter's blood. Turns out the dose he gave him was three times the lethal limit. So he's like, he asked, what deal did she make with Bert? Is he the one who's been changing the formula? Because he's like, he's unstable. So then we see Bert shaved his head with like a razor blade and he killed his guard that came in and there's like other guard on the ground like choking from like a slit throat so yeah bert definitely is unstable simon texts jade and asks if she's ghosting him um billy wonders if you know she's like have you heard from dad because he's been locked up this whole time because they're at school the next day or whatever evelyn's still talking to albert she wants joy to be out there to be released and uh, she's like, just just think about it. Depression, anxiety could be gone yet if people like overdose, they turn into zombies. 2036, B knocks on the lab door that Jade's like, and I don't know if she's locked in there or just whatever. But she asks about Amrita. She's like, you said it'd be okay. <laughs> whatever. But then Jade mentions a duffel bag under her bed for her and dad to get off the ship. She's like, if dad won't go, that you have to go alone. So B's like, what about her? And she just lies and she's like, I'll be right behind you. Cause she's like umbrella is going to come for this ship so you guys need to get off before they blow it up 2022 bert shows up at the school he's just like in a drive like pickup lane just like honking a horn because he doesn't know what the, the girls look like they see him and they're like uh hey and then he's like all smiley and everything like that and then he, he's like oh i got a new new ride or something like that and he just guns it and he just drives like recklessly and everything and they're like what is going on evelyn comes back to talk to albert he's gonna need his his fix, his blood, whatever like that. She's like, How long can you go without it? And then he starts like going some pain. And she's like, This is why we stopped the cloning program. I mean, in case it wasn't um obvious before, they're clones. She um but who's a clone of who? So he must be a clone, right? If he's unstable. So she says that, you know, his cells are breaking down. The girls are trying to figure out what's up with dad. You know they they're at a restaurant. I don't know if it's Olive Garden or something like that because he's like obsessed with the uh, the breadsticks. Um, then Billy notices that his finger is gone because like his pinky is like partly chopped off because the blade Wesker dude like chopped it off before or, like way back. And he's like, "Oh, it was just an accident or whatever." Evelyn comes home and she's like in a good mood. She she even uh, put some drug and her wife's wine and simon sees like the drugs on the counter because she got a phone call and he like takes you know a couple puts in his back pocket then she asks him to text jade she's afraid that um she might be in trouble burke gets angry when he's because he like at the restaurant he wants more breadsticks and the for the girls and they're like, uh, but there's still bread. There. He's like, no, this is my bread. She's like, they need their own unlimited breadsticks or whatever. And she's like, but there's still some in there. I can't. As, you, as soon as you finish, I can bring more. So he takes them out of plate and like slams the basket down. And the girls, they want to know like what's going on. So then he finally admits. He's like, I'm not your dad. I'm your uncle. Your uncle Bert. He's like, he never mentioned me. It was like, okay, really? You have Albert and Bert. <laughs> and Jade, is like, are you his twin? And Bert's like, sorta. We're clones so he just straight up just tells him he's like there was a third albie that was his name he's like but he was killed by the original albert wesker so i guess blade was the original which it would make sense that wesker wasn't a nice guy because he never is right he died in a volcano he's like that's okay he wasn't very nice so the girls like well they're, they said are about to leave and they tell him to stay away from them or they'll scream then they see umbrella rolling up so they, they go out the back Um, Bert starts getting violent and like taking them out. So he's got like moves and skills and stuff like that. Then he gets hit by like a taser, but he just like pulls it out. He's still fighting and everything like that. And then uh, the one main security dude, I forgot his name that it's like Evelyn's right-hand security dude. He's like the only one left. And then uh, Bert comes running at him and he just like puts a cuff on him and like cuffs him to the car. And he's like, Oh man, 2036, uh, Sequim and the others come into the lab He extends his hands. He says that they're going to turn her over. So B, we see her in the bedroom. She takes the bag. Husband tries stopping Jade from from going over, but it's like they have to do this. 2022, the girls are brought to Umbrella. Evelyn greets them. Uh, She brings them to see their dad. He's uh, he's laying on the floor. They stick a needle in, in Jade and take some blood out. And then Evelyn tells them that he's dying because he's a clone. So being a clone isn't his problem. Rapid aging is. So Wesker, the the OG Wesker, was impatient. So he made an army of geniuses, but didn't want to wait for them to grow up. So their dad went from being born to 20 years old in less than six months. Their father invented a cure then. So he engineered their blood and Evelyn puts the needle in Wesker in Albert's hand He, he's sitting there he finally injects himself and then he, he sits up. He's like, I can explain. Billy yells at him to stop. She's like, everything is a lie. She's like, I hope you fudging die. And then they both storm off 2036. Jade is brought to umbrella goes in a tent inside Evelyn starts like singing and dancing and then Billy comes out clapping and she has a tablet in her hands and she says it controls the electrodes in her brain and pumps her full of 87 different drugs. So Jade says that she was lying then in France. And Billy's like, no. She's like, my blood is bad. But Jade's blood fixed her right up, just like Dad did. So she must have taken some blood when they put the tracker, or then she took the tracker out. So she doesn't just want Jade. She wants everything. And Jade says that she's like, you sound just like Evelyn. And Billy makes um, Evelyn order to take the ship. And then Jade struggles and uh, pulls out a vial of something from her pocket, slams it down. There's like some rumbling in the distance and Belly's like, what's that? Zeros are coming and there's, they start overpowering the soldiers. So that must have been the, the attraction um, enzyme thing from the, the the mother zero. And then uh, we finally find out, oh, well, I, didn't, I don't think I mentioned this, but the ship was like, there's like two cables behind the ship. It's dragging like this giant mutated alligator like in the water. Episode 108, Revelations, it's the University 2030. Jade and Emery look at this little lizard. Jade puts an electrode in his brain, and she can put it to sleep and wake it up. So that's probably what they did with this giant one. Because then, University in 2036, we get a shot at the giant creature, alligator, whatever, underwater. 2022, security dude tells the girls that they have five minutes to pack a bag, so he, he drove them to their house. Jade's like, we don't want to go back. And he's like, well, you don't have a choice. Evelyn talks to Bert says that she warned him he wasn't ready for the outside world he said that he had to protect his family Albert thought that he was dead It's like did she tell him that? and she's like of course not she says that she's been keeping him safe and he asked, well what about the girls and she says that they're in her office having ice cream and she told him that he's a good man That um, and she has a new job for him maybe if he does a good job the girls can come stay with him so maybe it will he'll be the one that gets a house all of his own So he asks, what's the project? And then she shows him there's this big dude in a floating tank with like claws. So if you've played the Resident Evil games, you have an idea. So probably like a tyrant, right? But what this has to do with this antidepressant drug? What is she thinking? Jade says everyone's lying to them. Billy's like, even me? And she's like, what if I'm not okay? But Jade's like, you are. And they, they should take the bag and leave. So she distracts the security dude with the dog's needs, like, oh he's gonna need to be walked and fed and you know, all this stuff like that. Billy goes for the bag and starts um having a reaction and then it passes, but she gets the bag out out of the under the piano. They go out the window, but then the dude comes out. You know, he he saw so they start to run. And then he's like, Hey, and Billy stops and her heartbeat gets like faster. She turns and, and she's got like blood in her mouth. so she attacks the dude but he's got moves and he like knocks her down. Jade um, jumps on his back and he like throws her down. Billy tells Jade to go and then Billy attacks him and you know goes after him again. Umbrella cops come and then he pins Billy's arms behind her back and Jade like like ran into like a neighbor's yard or whatever. 2036 Jade and Billy are just standing outside as the zeros come up and uh, sh- soldiers start shooting. Billy's like, whatever you did, stop it. And Jade's like, I can't. So Billy punches her, and then like, then a second time, she leaves her her there, and then she goes um, out. Or she goes back inside. Evelyn's like waking up, and she's like, What's happening? And she manages to say that you know Billy needs her, but you know what is she without her? Soldiers are, are getting overwhelmed. Two soldiers dr- are dragging Jade. She wakes up and like, kicks them, and they get attacked. So it's like they basically saved her, and she just caused them to get attacked by zeros. Billy's just walking calmly and she has controls of like three drones on a pad and they have like machine guns on there. So she's like, this is part was a, was a, a bit annoying. She's just like laughing and she's just like swiping and shooting. Like every like all the zeros are getting just like plowed down. Even like s- soldiers are getting shot. Jade makes it by the water. So I don't know if she used that anti-zero spray or whatever like that, because she's kind of running by them. They're not really like looking at her. She pushes past some zeros with a garbage can lid. Um, she runs to the dock. Then her the boat's like the universe is like leaving. So her husband like throws a rope out. She jumps and grabs it and climbs up. And she goes to Sequim and she's like, push the button. He's like, no, we can't. It's too risky. He's like, we're too close. And then Jade says that if they get just one chopper in the air, that they're dead. So then I guess her husband's kind of important because he and Sequim have keys that unlock the button. So like two keys need to do it at the same. Have to turn at the same time. So the creature gets released from its its ropes. It opens its eyes and then it's gonna start to attack. 2022. Billy is brought to Evelyn. Uh, dude shows her Billy's been bitten. Um, Evelyn knows that it was her that night with the doc. Jade goes to Simon's and tells him what's going on. His other mom is like cooking and and she's like hopped up on that that joy drug so they they try talking to her or something like that and she's like cutting some vegetable, and she like slices her finger pretty badly and she's like oh it's just a scratch whatever but it's like she doesn't feel anything it's like it's nasty evelyn has billy examined and uh, the dude says the virus just isn't infecting the cells there's no mutation detected that's like what it says on screen so he's not sure why and she's like she asks if it's it's still viable and he's like maybe so she's like we'll find out and she's like get creative so she gets a call from Simon. He asks if she's drugging mom. And she's. he says that he found a Joy Pills. And she's like, oh, those are mine. And then he says that, she cut open her hand and she didn't feel it. She's like, so what did you do to her? So Evelyn says that his mother has been having a hard time adjusting. And they both agreed to the pills. He's like, stop lying. And she says that she did what she had to, to keep the family together. And she's happy. And he's like, it's like, she's a flipping zombie. And, and then Evelyn's like, and you're a flipping child. You have no idea how hard I work. It's like, this company was stolen from your grandfather and I rebuilt it. And your mother, she never, she wanted to leave. She wanted to take you away. I did all this for you. And he's like, I don't want it. And she's like, you don't know what you want. And he's like, fudge you, and hangs up. Dude tells Billy, he's like, oh, just one more test. He injects her, and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, just relax. And she starts convulsing and screaming. 2036, drones are still shooting. Billy's still stupidly smiling. Um, So, again, more Umbrella soldiers are getting shot. And then it's like, did she get everyone? It's like, everyone's just down. But then the ground starts shaking. The waves come out of water. Giant alligator comes out, out of the water. It's like headed towards her. Jade and her husband are standing on the boat edge. He's like, Oh, we had to do this. And then they go in a room. She calls out to B. She's not in her room. Jade looks under the bed and she sees the bag is gone. So B is standing on the shore. She took this little boat and no one, somehow nobody saw her leave. 2022, Jade and Simon go to Umbrella. Of course, he knows how to hack into the door in the parking garage because, like, nothing you know, he can, can stop him. Billy's convulsing on the floor. Billy, um, flips a dude over and like stabs him in the eye with the needle. And then she moves towards Evelyn and like lashes out. So this must be what caused the scar. She probably like, s- scratched Evelyn with the, the needle in the face. Everything, everything goes red or maybe there's like red security lights on. Billy's like going through the halls and she sees a dog in like this room and then another's like down the hall starts chasing her but she's hallucinating so she like falls and screams arms reach out for her and then like tell her to breathe so it's Bert so he asks if she's like were you eating ice cream so he he knows that Evelyn was lying again so um, she's like I need to get out. Bert says that they can find her dad and she's like no it's like he doesn't care about anything but Bert says that he does. He um he tries saying that it could have been worse that their dad, creator, you know, kept them locked up. Albert's angry. Jade and Simon come in, so they're looking for Billy, and and then they're like, "You're not coming with us." Then Billy and Bert come in. Billy says that Dad is coming with them because they can't leave him here. Simon says that they have ten minutes before the, the security alerts goes off. In 2036, Billy and a soldier are running towards a chopper. She sends the drones after the alligator. One gets swatted. In some the blade or something, like something impales like the soldier, like it was running with her. Uh, the alligator smashes the other drone. Billy throws like a grenade at it, and it starts to like um, roll. But then the tail hits the chopper, and it crashes into the water. So Jade and her husband are in a boat, and she's like, "This is all my fault." And then they see the other boat like on off the shore, like off the ways. And then uh, an alligator, the alligator like rushed back into the water after the grenade went off, and it knocks their boat over. So then in um. 2022 the dude in the floating tank whatever his eyes open so it's like why are they opening now i don't know and he starts like pounding on the glass there's armed soldiers in the hall evelyn's walking she has a gun and she's like none of them would be alive it wasn't for her she's like i deserve it thank you so she's like really losing it and i don't think it was a cut to her face that made her so unstable billy's like freaking out she sees a dog she shoves jade she um Simon tries grabbing her. She like bites his wrist and then uh, soldiers hear him scream. So Evelyn comes up, he moves away from, from Billy. It's like, she bit me. Evelyn doesn't look happy. And then Albert says that he can fix it. It's like, he'll find a way, but she has to let his girls go. It's, you know, it's his only chance. And Simon's like, mom. And then Evelyn shoots him in the eye, in the head. And Jade screams and goes down to him. Albert and Bert start taking soldiers, guns, and, like, shooting the others. They pull Jade and Billy away. Evelyn's just, like, standing there. And then the security dude, like, starts shooting after them. In 2036, Jade wakes up off the shore. She looks for her husband. Um, she wakes him up. His legs, like, gashed or broken. or something like that. So he can't move, of course. So he tells Jade to go find B. Billy runs, she makes it to another chopper and the alligator decides to come back at them, but they get up in the air just in time. Then B sees it overhead and she like ducks. Then the ground shakes and the alligator is heading towards her. So she screams and runs, she trips, of course and falls. She screams some more, it sniffs at her and then it just like kind of lies there. The chopper comes back and starts shooting rockets at it. So B runs. the guts are oozing out of the alligator. Jade finds B. But then um, Billy decided to land a chopper, so even though she was leaving, she comes walking out with three soldiers, and she asks, "What did she do to her?" That you know, the crocodile could have attacked her, but it didn't. So then Jade pulls out a gun uh, out of the bag that that um, B had, and she points at Billy, and she's like, "No." She's like, "It's always going to be no." So she's like, "We're the same." Jade's like, "Ever since that night, she was heartless." That was the night she lost her sister. Billy said that the T-virus stripped away her fear and anxiety and let her be who she's supposed to be. That was the best night of her life. And Jade's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm the future, and you're a flipping virus. Everyone around you dies. And she tells herself that she's trying to save lives, but her hands are covered in blood. And then, so Jade's, she can't shoot because it's her sister. And she's like, fine, take me, just let her go. So Billy takes out a gun. She's like, I don't need you anymore. And she shoots Jade in the gut. Soldiers grab B. Jade just screams. And Billy just like walks up. And then it cuts to 2022. So it's like, is she going to shoot Jade in the head? But 2022 cops are looking for them. They're hiding. They end up back in the lab. Albert and Bert make like a, a liquid bomb or whatever. So Albert tells Bert to get them someplace safe. Cause someone has to stay and set it off. And Jade says that she's sorry. Um, Bert's he's like well you don't have to he's like I'll do it and Albert's like no you deserve a life because you know since he had one it seems like the police were just kind of like driving back and forth but they finally decide to go in Albert gives Jade a piece of paper and he says to find her so the, the the security whatever busts in he holds up a lighter and then Evelyn shoots Wesker's hand and she says that she's like I love Simon and he's like you killed him and she shoots him in the leg And then she says that she was protecting him from being a monster. So she's like, she has a future. She's like, what do you have? He's like, I have a pen. So then there's like, must be like a light or something, a pen, because he lights up the liquid. She runs and closes the door behind her, (laughs) even though there's other people like her soldiers. So somehow she gets out because the whole building like goes up in flames. It's just like, it's just this one little thing just blew everything up. 2036, Jade's lying on the ground bleeding. Then it goes, cuts back to 2022. Billy says, I didn't mean to hurt you or Simon. I'm just, I'm sorry. Jade doesn't um, doesn't even look at her. And then Billy like tries taking her hand. And then she's like, you and me, right? And then Jade, but it's almost like Jade doesn't want anything to do with her sister. So she blames her for biting Simon and getting him shot. And then she's finally, she's like, you and me. But she's like half-heartedly. And then Bert like pulls up in a truck. So they're gonna leave with Bert. 2036, Jay tries getting up. Uh, she sees the chopper fly away. She glares at it, like f- almost like forgetting her pain that she got shot, and she has like her gun in her hand. It's like, well, what are you gonna do now? And I it's like you have a gut wound. You know. I don't know. I always thought gut wounds were supposed to be like fatal. Then uh some some paramedics at uh, Umbrella. So this is in 2022. Evelyn's wheeled out on a gurney, so she's fine. And then some rubble kind of moves, and the glass tube guy's claw like kind of busts through. So he's going to be free. Billy's sleeping on Jade's shoulder. Um, Jade looks at the paper, and it says, Ada Wong, with an address in Japan. And then it says, um, then there's a sign out as they drive by, thank you for visiting New Raccoon City. And then Jade just kind of like, glares at, at Billy. So she she's not happy. And that's where it ends. So... I mean, obviously, there could clearly be a, a second season. In the 2022, there, you know, okay, is there a tyrant that's going to be out there? Or are we going to get to see Ada Wong? What is, you know, she going to do? There's no more. Well, I mean, we got Bert. We don't have Albert anymore. Evelyn's still around. And then, what what's going to happen in the 2036? Is B, you know, why did Billy take B? Is she assuming because B is jade's daughter that she's secure, that seems like a big risk that she would be willing to just like shoot and like let her sister die and, and hope that her sister can be controlled or her daughter can be controlled but so but, you know that's that's the show that's the season it you know wasn't perfect but i don't know i mean maybe i i i, I don't know i really love resident evil i thought it was fine it's not necessarily true to the games but it you know, while like the CG series that we just had, that was really, really good. They did a good job with that. It's like set within the confines of the, the game universe. It's okay if we get something a little different. You know, the the other movies, the other movies were crazy different. You know, they they took like elements and and they just like totally twisted them. I don't know, but I, I wouldn't mind a second season. Knowing Netflix and how cautious they've been with renewals, I don't know, man. I, I, it, it's, it's, probably gonna be like Cowboy Bebop, where I watch the whole thing and then it's like, sorry, that's it. But at least we got that, I guess. So that is Resident Evil, hopefully season one. Okay, let's talk San Diego Comic Con 2022. This has been such a such a weird experience being back. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that it, it's been three years. In some ways. It almost feels natural, but in other ways, there there's little things that that are just different. And with everything of COVID, even though it's, it's it's there are some drastic changes, it almost doesn't feel that weird just because of how we've been living the past few years. So when I I came in on on Wednesday, you know, I checked into my hotel, then I did the Gray Man activation, which I'll, I'll talk about that before I. I get into the movie. So, you know, I headed over there. So, basically, if if you've never been to Comic Con, uh, there are, I believe they call them activations. There's different things that are sponsored by usually movies or TV shows or, or stuff like that. Big, crazy promotional things. And, you know, some things like with the Audible. The Audible Originals—they did like sand sculptures, which they're they're cool, but they're sand sculptures, you know. And to me, I I walked by them a, a couple times, and I, I was like, I should take a picture, but then I was like, they're sand sculptures. They're, they're amazing, you know. Good job. They did uh, Impact Winter. That's the the comic that came out this week, and it, it's an Audible Original. And then they they had like Sandman sculpture and like some other stuff, but. Other things what they do is they, they do these big, like, almost like sets and like experiences. So was it three years ago? A few years back, I, I posted videos. It wasn't maybe it might have been 2019 I don't think it was 2018, but I went to uh, Amazon Prime One, and, and there they had activations for Carnival Row. That's what the show's called, right Carnival Road, the Boys and the Expanse. so I, I filmed those going through those and and you know it, it, it's like I said there's are like these little sets, these experiences there's people performing and you know getting into the, the roles of the character and uh, with the the gray man I mean I, I posted a video I, I posted an article on, on entertainmentfish.com and the videos on YouTube. It's not the best video, but again I'll, I'll get into that later. And there's one for severance. As I record this, I still have an opportunity. To go. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Uh, I, I tried getting in through press because with the Amazon one, with the Gray man, I was able to make a press appointment because, you know they they are gracious enough. Thank goodness, uh, on Wednesdays, you can get in before they're open to the public because, you don't need a Comic Con badge to get into these things. And you, anyone can just, just walk in there. So there's there, naturally there's going to be big lines. You know, you, you can you can expect that if you're if you're willing to, to wait. And if you especially if you can't make it to Comic Con, just to uh, get a, a, a feel for it because they're they're cool experiences. And uh, yeah, so I I really wanted to get into the Severance one because if you know I I'm like borderline obsessed with that show. I I'm probably not going to get in. I could try to go Sunday. It, I'm recording this before Sunday, obviously, and it, it's just—it's—it's it's not going to happen. Um, other things, I've, I've kind of like really avoided the downtown area. Like it's it's a little weird. I, I don't know if it's because of the not being here for so long, partly because I'm not like working with anyone because in, in the past I've had, you know, uh, buddy Mike, you know, he's he's helped me out, you know, running my camera. And it's just it's, it's nice to have someone to hang out with and just to do different things. So with me just handling it all on my own and maybe just being out of con shape for the past three years, I just, I get so tired. And this year I didn't have a whole lot of appointments. I feel like as I record this, I still have lots of editing to do. And and that makes me tired to think about that. But the nice thing was just, Catching up with with who I consider friends, you know, a lot, a lot of people in the, in the industries that you know I used to see them, you know, f- five six times a year, you know, at the different shows when I was going like all the time, and and I you know I don't want to be like a name drop or anything, but you know there there are some artists that you know I would hang out with or go to dinner, and like this year you know went out to dinner with a, a couple friends and you know saw some other artists and it's it's to me it's still humbling you know i i know i've been doing this since 2006 you know with comic vine and i've you know interviewed so many people but i still feel like especially not being part of comic vine and you know just having that that bigger presence and you know doing more things i kind of feel like i'm not as much in the spotlight as i used to be because you know i don't really talk to these people i don't see them as all the shows is like i used to go so it, it's nice when people still remember me and, you know, I, cause I, I feel like, and and I'm, I'm not trying to like come down on myself, but I, I kind of feel like maybe I've, I'm almost lost a little of my relevance because I'm not out there as much. And I'm not the type of person that will sit on Twitter and just, you know, randomly talk to different people. And I, I know if you want to build your social media presence, that's something you got to do. You just got to jump in there and start talking to me and, have, and that works for some people i just i can't do it and, and part of it is while it's it's not really something i do something i've never really done i just also don't have the time you know with with trying to read all the comics and watch all the shows and just just doing everything but so it, it's it's a nice feeling when, when people would, would recognize me and and just trying to have you know catch up with different people and and even like Friday, you know, like with artist alley, you know, I talked to some of the people, you know, like Todd knock, you know, obviously Todd knock, Dustin win. And again, I don't want to name drop. I don't want to be like, well, I talked to so-and-so. I don't, know. you know, I, I'm, I'm not wanted to do that, but it, it's just so nice to catch up with with other people and walking by some of those, those tables like, Hey, and then just trying to catch up and everything. And it's, it's been nice, but usually the way it's been in the past is after the show, you know, you, you you scramble you you find something to eat and you, you do that and then a lot of people just hang out at the hotel bars and and they, you just meet up and you just talk and you hang out and everything like that i i just don't have the energy for that anymore and and part of it you know it depends there, there's there's two like prime locations that they people tend to go to but I just, I'm just not one to, to do that anymore. I just, I feel like I have no energy. And it's just, and also it's just the sinking feeling where it's like, I have these videos I should be editing. But then, you know, if I get to the hotel room, it's like, ugh, I, I just don't have the energy for it. And then there's also the fact that it's like, I need to finish. I need to record this podcast. I need to finish it. I need to edit it and, need, you know, get it all all complete. So there, there's a lot of that. It, it's just now i feel like i'm just rambling just just going all over the place so with my appointments i didn't even have that many appointments and and i'm i feel tired so you know i did the gray man thing which wasn't really like a full appointment whatever but you know i did get quote unquote content off of it but then uh, i'm now i'm going to like forget what i've done on thursday was, i'd say i did a press round tables which I'm not the biggest fan of round tables but round tables are actually what I what I l- realized this year with with the round tables I felt like we definitely had a lot more time when when I've done you know with, with like agents of shield I used to do the the, the one-on-one the, the press lines you'd get maybe two three minutes you know if, if you're lucky but with the the agents of shield round tables it was usually like maybe four or five minutes uh, with the round tables that I was doing this year—it was like ten minutes plus. Now with the uh, Gotham Knights one, they actually—they're like, let's push these two tables together. So it's like, okay, they're they're literally round tables, you know, which they don't have to be. But they they so they put two circular tables together and had the, the people sit kind of like in between. And the the problem with that is that means there's a lot more people trying to ask questions and you know you you have to try to be courteous and respectful but at the same time you know it's like everyone's there for themselves you know you're, you're trying to trying to get your your own information out there but everyone's like super nice and and you know even with that there there's you see some people that you, you've seen it other other roundtables and press rooms like you know there's a uh one woman marlene from uh weed she she help, helped me out with with one thing i i screwed up like i didn't hit record on my camera like right away so you know there's there's a lot of cool people and even at the other one for uh green lantern which i'll talk about that in a minute you know there was someone like like this was my first press round table and and it's it's cool to see that that enthusiasm because i remember the first time i did it and it is it's it's exciting it's fun and then you know it's a little intimidating but and then you just just start doing it but it's also nice i think it was uh, the gotham knights when someone afterward like like you have some good questions so like thanks for that because you know you you were all sharing the the questions you know you, you take your turns to do that so with Gotham Knights, oh, i just just touch on that. So I don't, I don't think those videos. Are, I, who knows? I don't. I don't know if those when those videos are going to go up. But I'm, I'm going to do my best to try to get them up. It's interesting thing about these games because I would love to be able to play video games, but I just feel like it, it's not in in my. Um, I, it's not my timetables. You might hear some noise in the background. Just just kicked in. So as I record in the in the hotel room. It's the air going on. And I like having the hotel room. I'm giving you the full Comic-Con experience. So with, with the hotel room, I, I keep it kind of like it's 65, 64 to, to keep it cool. I think I, I put it 64 and I came in and it started getting a little cold. So I put it up at 65. So it must have started warming up or whatever in here. So you might hear that noise. I could change the temperature but I'm or the thermostat. I'm not going to. So sorry. Anyways, uh, with Gotham Knights, you know, because it's it's made... And I, I think because I have kind of made the decision where it's like, I don't know if I'm going to... You know, the the dream of owning a PlayStation 5, I just got so frustrated not being able to ever get one. I was just like, maybe it's, it's time to call it quits. You know, maybe I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I still haven't finished Spider-Man for PlayStation 4, and I love that game. I still haven't finished Resident Evil 7, and I hate that game. But I love it, but I hate it, and the v- VR, ugh. So I'm like, realistically, should I get a PlayStation Five? I'm, I'm, I don't have time to play. I barely have time to, you know. I, I even said oh, I'm going to catch up on Game of Thrones this summer. Nope, haven't watched a single dingle episode. Peaky Blinders, the final the se- season five six came out. I watched like 15 minutes of the first episode. I haven't had time for for anything else. So realistically, I don't... I, I'm not going to have time for video games. But with... with God, So I. anyways, what I'm getting at... I think when, with the, the the news of Gotham Knights and everything like that... I kind of... Not that I was ignoring it, but I wasn't like paying close attention to it. But then when the, the press room opportunity came up, I'm like, oh, I'll check it out. I didn't realize it was WB Montreal that was uh, involved with it. So it's a bigger world, or bigger Gotham than, like, Arkham... Arkham City? I see. that's just the bad part where I, I can't... I, I shouldn't be recording this, like, at the end of a day when I'm exhausted. But it's... So it's a, it's a bigger world, and the basic story is, it's not a spoiler or anything, because I, I think it's in the trailer. I don't even... Have I even watched the trailer? I feel, I must have seen parts of it, or whatever. But, but Batman is dead. Bruce Wayne is dead. And the game focuses on... Nightwing, it, it almost felt like Nightwing was the main lead character, but he's kind of not. Because it's Nightwing, it's Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, it's uh, Jason Todd, Red Hood, and Robin, Damian Wayne. So the idea is, you know, you play as these four different characters, and you can choose, you you can swap who you want. You you just go to the Belfry. And I, I think you, you you can't be, like, in the middle of a fight, like, oh, I'm going to switch to Red Hood so I can you know shoot these guys or whatever. So you have to, like, go back to the Belfry, swap out characters and that. And even, like, the, there's cut scenes in between, you know, to tell the stories. So if you swap characters, it's going to you know, obviously change character, but it kind of changes the tone a little bit. It might change a couple of, the, you know, a little bit of dialogue. So you, you can choose who, you know, the characters that you want to play and 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 there is kind of, like, an RPG element, like, you know, like a, a, a What's, what's the word? The tree? Ability tree? Skilled tree? Uh, this is going to be interesting, me trying to talk at this point. Um, so, you know, you you can build up your moves on your characters. And, and stuff like that always makes me a little nervous because it's always like, okay, I, I earned some skill points. Where sh- where's the best place for me to apply them? I feel like I should put them here, but maybe I'm gonna actually need it over here later, and I just don't realize it. But but that's what makes the the game more interesting, you know, that that kind of hit or miss, or just where you really got to think about and make good choices. So it, it sounds fun and everything like that. And we got to talk to the creative director and a narrative director and a cinematic director, but then we also talked to America Young. Who does the voice of a Batgirl, and she was she was super cool. Uh, what, what I you know, I, I did a little research before, as, as you should, and she was actually like a stunt coordinator on several different things, and done some. So that was like the first thing I asked her, you know, how does does that affect like her performance? Because you know, when you're recording your line, I always think I'm always so fascinated because you know, I've I've done sort of like voiceover work for videos for the, you know, GameSpot, you know, whatever who the heck videos and sitting in in a booth recording you know and that's just reading like a script that's a little different i i'm just so i'm so fascinated with the idea of what is it like recording for a video game especially a fighting game because you got to do the uh, 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 you know you got to get the all the different sound effects and and just have this pool so when the the game whoever pieces all together, the game designers or makers, you know, they have to be able to use all this. And then, you know, you have your your dialogue and then, um, and then there's something also as Tara Strong, which I'll, I'll get to that, you know, where I would imagine, you know, you'd want multiple takes, not just to necessarily get the, the best one, but just to kind of see which one, you know, it, once you see the gameplay, it might, you might change your mind. Like, well, maybe there should be more inflection on this. So I'm just always fascinated with that. Uh, and, and she even did like some motion capture work, and and you know did some of like the the fighting moves and stuff like that. So you know th- that just sounds cool. And there's Christopher Sean, he did the voice of uh, Nightwing. He was uh, he's also in You, which I haven't watched that. I think I watched like the first episode, and then I I just for whatever reason just never finished. And he's also in Star Wars. He does he he's been in Star Wars Resistance. So he's um he's super excited to to be Nightwing and uh it's it's just a you know he's had like this Nightwing picture on his phone for the longest time and and then he got the role and and he's you know he he almost looks like the, the you know he's been working out and everything like that so he almost seems like he he could play like a live action Nightwing and it's, it's just he was just he's you know he's a funny guy and you know it's like a subtle humor and everything like that but also he, he's just you can just see this enthusiasm and having been. Through so many different press rooms, and you know, you know when people have to put on the air of excitement. You know, you want to be excited. Everyone, you know, is excited for the role. I mean, it's very rare. Which I, I did bring up a story when, in, when talking to, we were we, some of the, us press people were talking about like who's a hard interview or whatever. But most of the time, they want to be there. You know what they want to promote what they're doing. They're they're excited to you know show everyone what they did so it was just it's just so refreshing when you you just get that that you know someone's just happy to be there so that that was a it was was, was a fun interview room and it it was just weird though getting back into it because like i said you know because it just feels like it was so long since you know doing it any of that and then uh then i also did a press room for multiverses which is a Basically, oh, like a, a Warner Brothers fighting game, you know, it, it it's kind of like a Smash Super Smash Brothers, but not quite, but sort of. And the interesting thing is that it's just cross franchises. You know, there, there's different. Oh, it's almost like any Warner Brothers property can can be in there. And so while we we, we talked to like the the game director and executive producer f- for that, we got to talk to Matthew Lillard, who obviously is Shaggy and it it is it's just it was so nice to to, to talk to him I I've been in in a I don't think I interviewed him it might have been Matt when we did a I think it was Kiss Meets Scooby-Doo I'm trying to think if I ever actually interviewed him or not before I feel like I did but I could be wrong because I've I've done Scooby-Doo interviews before I think did I do mystery? Incor- Anyways, so it was, it was great talking to him, and because you know he's 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 been Shaggy for forever since you know the, the live action movies, and you know you'll you'll see if if you watch the interviews that he even said like at the beginning you know he he kind of didn't want to be like just associate you know just like this is Shaggy you know he didn't want to be like typecast and, and that but then once he started doing it more and more he's like he he did become attached and it you know it was. Not not that he became possessed over, it, but you know he just it, it was it was his thing, and he he did mention that you know he he's done Shaggy ever since, except for Scoob, where they they got someone else to to do Shaggy, and you know w- with that, yeah, so, so they they got Will, Will Will Forte to do Shaggy, but they got like Zac Efron to do Fred Jones, they got Amanda Seyfried to do Daphne and you know it just it, it was more like one of those you know situations like let's get the celebrity actors to do the voice work instead of the voice actors to do it and and I know Matthew Willard's an actor as well so you know it's not the the best example but the the fact is this was more I don't want to call it stunt casting but it's just like let's put the celebrity you know whoever's you know in in the spotlight now let's put them in there so we we can you know, use that as to advertise it because I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I kind of have a, not really an issue with it, but it, it just seems weird. And I'm not saying that live action actors can't do voiceover work, you know, they're actors. It is a different type of performance. But anyways, so what I'm getting at is as I ramble and ramble. You know, he mentioned that he was kind of hurt that, you know, they didn't ask him to do it because he's been doing it ever since. And then they, you know, they, they brought him back and everything. And so the, so that was interesting to, to hear. And he also had mentioned, you know, he did the live action movie, you know, back in the day. And then they're like, hey, do you want to do this, this you know, other thing? And he's kind of, because, you know, Casey Kasem was still doing Shaggy. And, and that's a weird, you know, Casey Kasem is like who I grew up with. It's almost like, like, I, I kind of grew up with both of them in a way because, you know, me, I grew up with Casey Kasem, but then with my daughter, because she super got in, into Scooby-Doo and, you know, we watched the original Scooby-Doo's with Casey Kasem and all, all that, but she also, you know mystery incorporated i love that you, you gotta watch that if, if you have not seen i think it's like 50 episodes it's two seasons amazing scooby-doo episode or series and he was basically like you know th- does casey not want to do it anymore because you know he's like i don't want to do it if, if he's you know it's it's he's it's his role type of thing but then it got to the point where Casey's like yeah I'm, I'm i'm good and then so Matthew started taking over so it was just really really cool and he's just he's a super super chill guy and and it was just just great to talk to him about that he did kind of mention because I I had to say I love Mr. Incorporated you know it's just such a phenomenal show you know and and part of it is nostalgia like watching that with my daughter because she just like she was super into that one especially as well and he's always like Yeah, and you know they're, I kind of heard them. maybe they're thinking of doing a, a third season I'm like what and I, I feel like if that was really the case he wouldn't be able to talk about it you know it'd be under wraps and I was like looking up online is like anyone else talking about this and back in I think January one of the producers someone said it's like yeah it's, it's not gonna happen obviously things can change you never know there's always you know callbacks or reunions and, and everything like that but that was just such a great production I mean it, it would be amazing and he's like we just gotta t- you know tell people I'm like who do I need to talk to and he's like everyone you know the internet and So I would love for that the the comeback. So we need to start talking about Mystery Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. Get get that next season, and then I I, maybe I'm I'm spending too much time on this. Uh, I I and I have no idea if this is fascinating or not. If you want to hear about this, but then you know I got to talk to Tara Strong, and she's just amazing. I mean, just she's such a nice and gracious person. But just like you look at how easily she just does the different voices. And, like, one of the the first things I asked her, it's like, how is it doing the different Harleys? You know, because she's doing this Harley, which is a little more, not necessarily cartoony, but, you know, there's different things. Like, she says, like, one of the moves that Harley has is, like, she has a stuffed Batman doll that she throws. And I think she said it exploded or something like that. But then, you know, she's done, like, the Arkham Knight Harley Quinn. She's doing Justice League, Kill the Justice, or Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, which is supposed to come out in 2023. And, uh, you know, even like superhero, DC superhero girls. So they're all different, you know, the different, she's done so many different Harleys over the year that, you know, each one's is kind of different. And then you just look at, you know, Teen Titans Go and just uh, just, uh, Powerpuff Girls and, you know, just whatever, you know, there's all these different. Characters that she plays, and I did ask, as like, I, I was like, "Have you, have you recorded any other characters that haven't been announced yet?" Because you know, there's plenty more characters coming out, and she's like, "No, not yet." <laughs> so you know, I'm sure we'll have. I, I think that they're talking that you know, Powerpuff Girls were were being associated, or, or like a possibility, or like a rumored, or something like that. But you know, you have Tom and Jerry, you got Superman, you got Iron Giant, you, you know, just, just Scooby or Shaggy and, and Velma um they announced lebron james i know uh my friend rich i think he's gonna be so excited he i'm he's probably he's not really i don't think he's really into game well maybe he's into games but he's got he's gonna be all over this game this now that lebron's in there i think he's like he he actually i don't think he's a big fan um but so you know he got all these different characters one of the producers like i think he must have been joking when he said tony soprano because you were talking about like all the Warner Brothers, like HBO Max, you know all all different things like that. But you know you have Adventure Time, and and so there's just so much uh, Steven Universe. So it, it just it sounds like a, f- a fun game and everything. And and you know you you can unlock different characters. It's free to play, but you have to earn like coins to unlock other characters. You have to do certain things. So if you don't want to sit and go through all that, you can buy like coin packs or whatever, and 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 you know so forth like that to try to unlock the different characters. But then you know there could be possibly more characters, and um, but also the characters are designed where you know if you do the team up mode, which I don't know if you can always do that or how it works. But some powers complement other things. You know, like you you freeze someone, and then the other character can do their move and stuff like that. But there's also like a decay rate. You know, or on on your if you're just using like like Superman heat vision, heat vision, heat vision. It's going to start to wear out, and it's not going to be as as powerful as it was, you know, to begin with. There's also like a cooldown thing where, you know, if if you're you're doing, because uh, like Bugs Bunny has this like rocket thing or, or something like that, and if you you know use that the big huge explosive thing or whatever then it you're gonna have to take some some time off you know, it, you're not gonna be able to use again it's you're gonna have to let it recharge or whatever like that and you know the the main reason is so it's it's fun for the player and it's fun for whoever you're playing against because you know no one wants to get trounced when someone's like this god tier level of abilities so it's interesting that, that they have all that and then i did a press room for the green lantern movie beware my power so it's basically a john stewart movie and What's interesting, as we, we talked about, because we talked to the two co-screenwriters, John Semper um, who's written comics, and Ernie Altbacker, along with the director Jeff uh, Wamester, and uh, supervised producer Butch Lukick they basically all reference Apocalypse Now, you know, and PTSD. So you know, John Stewart's going to be going through some things, and and we're going to be seeing John like in the beginning getting chosen to be Green Lantern. And at the beginning, he's like, it's like, no, I don't want that. And, you know, we're going to see that. I think, I forget if it was Ernie Altbacker said that he originally wanted to make it, or was it he just said it? Someone said that they wanted to be like a, a John Stewart, Green Arrow road trip, you know, type of thing. But there's different issues. You, you can watch the videos like why, why they chose not to do that and go into space. So, you know, you, you have all this. So you got Green Arrow in there, you have a girl. Um so uh all Aldous Hodge is doing Green Lantern. And he he's he's also is he Hawkman in Black Adam? I think so. I May mean, I could be wrong. Jimmy Simpson is uh Green Arrow. So he was in Westworld and the Man Who Fell to Earth, and you know, he's been in plenty of other things, but it's funny because, you know, he's always playing kind of a jerky character, kind of a Dick Grayson, not really Dick Grayson, um, character. Uh, so he was, he was, and he, he was just, he was super cool to talk to. He was just, yeah, very interesting. Um, then we had Jamie Gray Hyder, who's playing Hawk girl, and she was, she was super cool and everything. And then Brian Bloom, he was the last one I got to talk to. And so it was cut a little short, but he's playing Adam strange and, and just even the way he's describing Adam strange, he's like, you know, this isn't quite like the Adam strange that you may have seen all the time. And so it, it sounds interesting. And, and, you know, they, they did the, the premiere, you know, you, you could try to watch it Friday night, but again, I, I never make it to any of the panels really. So it's just, those were based my only appointments and then just wandering around, trying to do other things. And, and what I noticed uh, while at the beginning, uh, you know, I still have tomorrow and stuff like that. I didn't see a whole lot of cosplay. Oh, but the uh, I, I I totally forgot what I was getting at the beginning. So one of the, the after I did the the Gray Man thing, I had to. At, at first, I uh, I got an email from Comic Con, you know, attention press. Just so you know, with COVID and everything like that, you have to down. They're like download the Clear app. Basically, you. You know, take a picture of your driver's license and all that. You know, and then your 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 vaccination card, and with the dates and you know like which one did you get and and so forth. That makes things a lot easier. You don't have to do that. I think if you don't have your vaccination card, and uh, then you have to actually take like a COVID test and and have it come out negative or what. You know, there's, so there's different things. You do all this stuff, and then you you get like a wristband. And then so that, that way everyone can see that they're like, okay, you've been vaccinated or you've tested, so you're good. Obviously, if you do that on Wednesday or Thursday, whatever, things could still happen you know, after that. But hopefully everyone's staying safe. You're supposed to be wearing a mask all the time. And it seems like most people are. I did see like this one guy walking a hall and someone on the floor, they're like, uh, sir, you need to have your mask on. And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. And then he kind of like was taking another step. I'm like, and I was thinking, I was like, dude, you're going to actually put a mask on. And then, you know, then, then he like slowly was like reaching his pocket, pulling out. It's like, yeah, you did not forget that you're just, you're just being a selfish jerk and you didn't want to wear your mask. But it's like, what people don't realize. And, you know, I'm sure there's still people that don't believe in wearing masks. You could have covid and not be showing any symptoms or not realize that you have it and you're just you're risking exposing other people and that is just incredibly selfish wearing a mask all the time i mean i am not a fan of it but i i believe i mentioned you know even with teaching when they they finally relaxed this you know that masks were no longer required in the classroom i'm like i'm just going to keep wearing my mask you know i do not want to get covid and and the same thing with this is like even when I'm like walking outside for majority of time, I'm wearing my mask. Even though you're outside, it's just but there's still there's so many people, so even though you're outside and you know there's air and a little bit of wind that might disperse whatever, it's it's just it's not worth it. And you know trying to walk and you know, your face gets hot, your breath and so it's just it, it's it's all interesting. But aside from that. You know, while having to do that, having to wait in line to, you know, to get your wristband and then make sure you're wearing your mask all the time. That's such a departure from before. But it's it's like you're it's it's just so so you're just used to it because that's just how, how it is. So anyways, and then seeing the cosplayers like so the cosplayers have to wear their masks, which some people try to incorporate into their costume. But then some people, it you just can't. So it's, it's quite the experience, and I feel like you know, as wh- while I didn't have as many interview, you know, press opportunities, you know, it's just it's so bizarre. Like I used to always do something with DC Comics; they didn't really have a presence here, you know, very, very, very minimal, and it's just weird. I don't know, and and even when when I'm looking at like the like the cost of coming here, like I I I don't even want to think about how much my hotel costs. It's 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 kind of kind disgusting in in a way, and, and part of it also also having a room to myself, you know, not sharing it with anyone, just, you know, splitting the cost, and you know, just all out of pocket. Plus, you know, the, the plane ticket, and then just eating out, you know, or just. You know, like one night I, I got a a, a sandwich from you know room service because the, the room service doesn't have a whole lot of options and I think some of the hotel staff are on strike or whatever and so they maybe they they scale back their menu but it's like I got like a twenty five dollar sandwich it was a good sandwich but it was like twenty five dollar sandwich and you know maybe I'm just a cheapskate but yeah so little things like that so part of it it's, it's like man. Am I gonna do this next year? Can I do this next year? So uh, I don't know. We'll see. But it, it, it's good to be back. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm being you know poo-pooing Mr. Negativity, but we we have all, all that. Okay, but now let's get into the gray man. So this is gonna close off the show. First, I'll talk about the the activation. It like I said, it's impressive, and I I posted like a picture. There's like this smashed train car, like a subway um, train car type of thing, and there's like smoke and like some sparks, and they even have this camera that you see like one of those like football camera cameras that like zooms on on the the wires. So it's like, okay, what is this? And th- if you've seen, there, I, there's got to be the one trailer clip where, where Ryan Gosling is like running on top of the train, and you know there's all the shooting and stuff like that. And and I, they had a big screen as we're waiting in line. Cause, so even though it was just press day when I went, you know there was a lot of people there. So it we ended up having to wait a long time, which is just a little crazy. But it was it was fun. It was worth it. And, and like I said, I posted a video for this. It The video was not perfect. I'm almost a little embarrassed by what I'm posting, but it was hard. And I, I was thinking of doing my camera, but then I was like, maybe um, it would just be easier in a cell phone, but also like trying to do the different things while holding a phone was a little, little difficult. So basically you go into this training program and I'm really bummed also at it. I didn't film the opening part, like the guy telling you like what what to do and everything. So there's like three skills, three three tests. The first is, uh, is is was it skill? Because you have to figure out. You know, you're you walk into a train car and you have to figure out how to get out of there. And you know, there's like these knobs and these boxes. But it's like there's no like arrow like look over here. You know, you just have to kind of. Guess and you know, mess around with everything. The second one was strength, which wasn't again super clear and everything like that. And then the last one is speed. And with that, you're you go up on top of the train car, you know, there's railings and stuff like that. There's like some explosions, and you're supposed to run across, and that's where they film you. And you're given this like medallion this that you're supposed to hold in your hand. If you watch the movie, there's this like which I'll talk about, there's this data chip thing in there and you have to put this in this box and then you're done and everything like that so and then you you get this little edited trailer clip you know with with scenes from ryan gosling running and then you running whatever so it it was a, a a fun experience like all in all it was maybe like five minutes <laughs> you know so wait in line for about an hour do this five minute thing uh but i i got the medallion still and it's it's a nice sturdy you know so there's that as far as the movie goes so the, the movie is directed by the russo brothers so you know that right there is 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 pretty cool and then along with ryan gosling you have chris evans and chris evans is the villain basically he's kind of, he, he's a villain <laughs> and i i guess originally they approached him to play the ryan gosling role which is more of the the good guy role but he didn't want to do it and he 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 would have rather played a villain which he did and he did a, a great job you also have billy bob thornton he's like a sporting role and then um Ana de Armas, she she's in there too, and she she has a, a big role. Jessica Henwick, at first when I saw her, I totally didn't didn't even, it didn't even register who she was because she has it's like super short like haircut, you know, like suit whatever with uh, what, what's with the word I'm like business haircut whatever. So it's like I didn't even realize it was her. And Alfred Woodwards also has has a role in there. And there's other people. Oh, and. um, Julia Butters, who was Trudy in Once Upon a Time in America, the little girl actress, she's she's in this movie. She was so amazing Once Upon a Time in America. And she was good in here too. You know, she I feel like she didn't have too much to work with here. You know, she wasn't like like a huge part of the movie, but she she had an important role. So so it, it was fun, fun to see all, all of them and uh so basically how it starts off so i i I won't spoil i'm not gonna go through the whole movie but it starts off at a, a florida state prison in 2003 so ryan gosling he talks to billy bob thornton so ryan gosling it turns out he's not eligible for parole until 2031 and and again this is like 2003 it's like holy crap so uh Billy Bob Thornton plays uh, this guy, Donald Fitzroy, Fitz, Fitz Fitzroy. And he's, he said he's there to commute his sentence and Gosling's like, you're going you to commute my sentence. And he's like, Fitzroy, he's like, when I get up and walk out of the prison, you'll walk out with me. So he's like, well, what's the catch? And he's like, you work for, for us, the CIA. He, and he's like, we're going to train you to kill bad guys. And he's like, since you did it before it should you shouldn't have a problem doing it again. And Ryan Gosling's like, Well, what makes you think I want to do it again? And he's, then Fitz, Fitzroy's like, You seem to type. He's like, You'd be part of an elite unit, the Sierra program. He's like, You'd exist in the gray. And then Gosling's, you know, he kind of thinks about it. He's like, disposable. And Fitzroy says, He's like, He said that he studied his case. You know, he, he knows it, why he pulled a, you know, he doesn't really answer the question, but he's like, I know why you pulled a trigger. He's like, I would have done the same myself. And then, which is a smart thing, because most people are like, okay, I'm, I'm in. But then, you know, Ryan Gosling's like, how long would I have to work for you? And he's like, consider yourself indefinitely useful. So then it cuts to 18 years later. So then in Bangkok, and uh, Ana de Armas, her name is Danny Miranda, she comes up to him in, in this club, gives him the squirt gun, and then he uses it like to open this door. There's this case inside. And there's like this big rifle in there so she calls him six so he you know he, he doesn't have his identity anymore he's just six and he's in contact with langley with this at the cia headquarters. there's this guy in charge denny you immediately do not like this guy you know he's just like like super arrogant or whatever and just just skeezy whatever and and you know after he ryan gosling started setting up with this gun or whatever He's like, why am I talking to a Sierra agent instead of one of our inner circle that we can trust? And they're like, well, this is a last minute thing. So he's supposed to shoot and kill this guy who's selling secrets, the like highly dangerous classified secrets. The trick is he's like two floors below the guy. So he's kind of got like this, not really like an x-ray gun or whatever, but you know he can kind of see. And, and there's like cameras around where you know, he can try to, to figure out where this guy might be so he can take his shot. But then the problem is, you know, when he's got the guy in in sight, this little kid comes up to him. I think it was like New Year's Eve too, because you know there's about to be all these fireworks go off, and there's like this countdown. So he doesn't want to shoot. And then this that dude Denny, he's like, he's like, why aren't you taking a shot or whatever? And and uh, he's like, there's, you know, collateral there. And then he's like, you're cleared for collateral. So basically, he's like, you're authorized to. It doesn't matter if an innocent, you know, civilian gets. In a way, it's like you're you're clear for that. So he tries moving around the room to to get it you know different angle, different shot. Denny's not happy. So then what Six does, he goes and pulls out a fire alarm, and then the, like the lights go out. So he starts walking up. You know everyone's evacuating the, this this club or just whatever this place. And Six starts like taking out. The dudes like bodyguards or whatever like that. He finally catches up to this one guy who's like gonna be selling it. They end up going out. They they you know they kind of run out. He chases after him, and so he's got basically like the necklace thing they got. It's this like a data chip. This is what he was he was gonna sell, and they they're they're fighting and everything like like that. You know, so when he catches up, he knows that he's Sierra Six, and he's like, they "Didn't tell you who I am, did they?" And Six Ryan Gosling, he's like, "It's like they never do." So they, they fight and everything like that. And then it gets to the point where this other dude, he's like he, a fatal wound. He's, he's going to die. He's like, I'm Sierra 4. Oh, and it was also interesting because of where they're fighting. They're fighting like kind of down below where like all the fireworks are like shooting off and everything. And there's like all the smoke and lights and, and stuff like that. You know, when, when he's stabbed, you know, he's, he, then he's like, who recruited you? Because, you know, Six doesn't believe him. And he's like, who recruited you? And he's like, you know, where'd you train? And all this stuff is like, it all, all matches like that. And then this the four, Sierra four, he's like, Denny's a piece of crap, whatever. He's like, you're probably going to be next. And then he has a medallion. He gives it to him. He's like, take this. And, and six is like, I don't want that. He's like, take it. And he's, he's like, you know, bring him down. And then he's like, you know, give him hell. And then he's dead. Six is trying to figure out what to do. And then Denny's like looking up. He manages to get some like footage and sees, he, he knows that six must have taken it. So he's like trying to. You know, get a hold you know because he contacts him he, he calls him he's like did you get anything from him did he give you anything that was on his person and and you know six doesn't really answer that and it also turns out that Fitzroy has been retired so it's basically then he wants to wipe out all of the, the Sierra you know because they're the idea of the Sierra program is they're all former criminals that are trained they're used and you know because they are disposable but you know they their incentive is like, you get out of prison, you know, you get to do this and everything like that. So Denny is just, he's, he's pissed and he wants to, um, this is where he decides to bring in Lloyd, Chris Evans character and uh, Jessica Henwick's character. She's like, he's a psychopath. It's like, you can't use Lloyd. So Lloyd is going to kind of get free reign is like, whatever means necessary, bring, you know, get, get the, the, the data chip, the evidence or, or just information and take care of six because you know he betrayed us or something like that. So it, it kind of go, goes from from there. And um, yeah, I don't you know I don't want to spoil too much, but basically one of the things that that Lloyd does is you know he he goes after Fitzroy and he has Fitzroy's niece kidnapped, who is uh, what's her name? Butters Trudy from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and. There was, like, a flashback where Ryan Gosling actually spent some time there. And, you know, so he he kind of got to know her. You know, he had to he had to watch her at one point, like, kind of, you know, guard her. So, you know, there, there's a little bit of, you know, it's a little bit of a personal connection. Even though, you know, he doesn't really want to have any personal connections. And um, so it, he, that's where it goes from. And then it's just Chris Evans just unleashing just, like, all these hired killers mercenaries to try to take him down and he just does not care. so chris evans is like he's almost like uh over the top you know villain but that's what makes it more fun and interesting um i just lost my train of thought uh i, I forget what i was saying but chris, i mean chris evans was was amazing i mean he you don't expect him necessarily to to be the bad guy and and yeah we've seen him as sort of the bad guy in other things but he's just so good and you know he he's got this little mustache is just (laughs) you know ryan gosling makes makes a comment about that so i mean it it was a good performance like i said it, it was it was a little cheesy almost even though he had a mustache he didn't necessarily do the mustache twirling but he practically did and ryan gosling um, he was he was good in the role, you know. It, he's very is like this, just like strong silent type, you know. And he's just almost like a fighting machine, and you know, just trying to get the job done. And Anna Damaris, she she did a, a good job. One thing that bothered me, which I guess maybe is kind of really, you know, there's one fight scene. she's just getting, kind of getting thrown around a couple times. It's like like the dude just like picks her up, throws her against the wall, whatever, and it's like. You kind of wanted to see her little, do a little more, but there is the during the train scene, she's just driving this car and you know doing some some pretty you know f- fancy driving and you know played a big role. If it, you know she was there, Ryan Gosling probably w- w- wouldn't be there either because you know he would have been screwed. So oh, and then the other thing, spoiler, what I will say is there is no romance with Anna De and and anyone, because you know, so many times in movies, like you got the male and female, you know, agents or whatever, working against a bad guy, and then throughout their bonding experience, they end up hooking up. So, thank goodness that didn't happen. Uh, I I just I, I don't feel like it always has to be the case. There's just sometimes there's just too many other factors. Maybe afterwards down the road do a sequel or something like that. Um, whatever you know, you, you can explore things afterwards, but. I, I just feel like with the, with the way the movie was, that there's there is plenty going on here, that you know you don't need to try to add that extra layer because something it just feels too forced. So they're all all good. Even Billy Bob Thornton was obviously you know he's he's always good, and uh, Jessica Henwick was. Good. I I feel like she I, I would have liked her to have a bigger role, you know, because she her hands were kind of tied in, in a lot of it. So but who knows? I mean. Uh, I, I saw something that there, 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 it was It referred to Ryan Gosling signing like a multi-picture franchise. So it's like, this isn't a franchise. I don't know if there's maybe, I don't know if there's been any interviews or anything, any mention of possibly doing more. I mean, there is always a possibility, you know, that you could hit do another, the gray man movie, you know, he's going after someone else, some other bad guy or doing something. If he survives this one. Right. So who, who knows? Uh, but it, it would be good. I think the movie had like a $200 million budget, which is is kind of crazy. And it makes me wonder, it's like, how, how does this make money for Netflix? You know, yeah, people are going to want to subscribe to watch this, but I always go along. The thing is like, you know, I've been subscribed to Netflix forever. They're not making more money off of me. And if they didn't premiere this movie, it's not like, well, maybe it's time I cancel my account. You know, I, it's, I'd still keep it and I know it opened up in theaters for like a week you know but my theater didn't have it my theater had red notice or red note I forget what that movie is which I enjoyed I and I enjoyed seeing that in a theater cuz you know with these big action blockbusters you want to see it on a big screen so I w- would have totally seen this you know last week cuz I didn't go to the movies last week so I, I would have seen it so it's it's a, it's a decent movie ending it might be a little what you kind of expect for the most part and uh, it, well, I would say overall it, it it was it was a fun movie it was decent big action scenes not a perfect movie you know there, there could have been a little more of this or that or whatever more more letting the actors flex their acting muscles but for the for the most part I mean it, it was a, a good movie and and you know they they did establish a, a Enough, I think, where they could do a, a sequel. You know, it, it could be good to, to, to see more, but who knows? So, I would say check it out. You know, if, if you have Netflix, what else are you going to watch? You know, just give it a shot. I mean, there, there's it's a very strong cast, and uh, the Rooster Brothers, I mean, just crazy action. You know, it's just big, big scenes, very ambitious, and I feel like they, they do a good job with it. So, it was a good movie. And uh, it was weird. I actually had to watch it in a couple. I had to break it up because, you know, trying to watch it in a hotel room. And then, you know, I, I started it in the morning. I finished it later, like during the day. And then just so I could watch it and then record it and talk about it. So <laughs> don't try not to do that if, if you can. So it, it, it was was good. And hopefully you felt this podcast was good because that is going to be the episode for this week. So big thanks to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash heck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. And uh, last week I talked about Dora and the Lost City of Gold, the live-action Dora movie, which I thought I would never watch. I was like, "You can't make me watch this movie." And it wasn't bad. I, it was it was enjoyable for the most part. And maybe it's it's not going to be for everyone. Some pe- if I, some people are like, "You said this wasn't bad. Well, you made me kind of watch it off of your recommendation." I hate you. It's not for everyone. But you know, if you have a Dora connection, you should definitely. It's worth checking out. It's kind of funny in in weird ways, but if you can't commit to uh, oh no oh, I, what I should say this coming week, I might I don't know what's gonna be happening on Monday when I get back home. I might um I might do it like a blast from the past, something that's never been used. So stay tuned for, for that or it might be something else. I don't know. But if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash heck. You can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or three. It's ko-fi.com slash heck. What is going to happen this coming week? It's a good, always a good question. Hopefully, I'll recover. Hopefully, I'll be fine. Hopefully, this other thing doesn't happen. I really, really, really hope. I don't know. It's I'm so nervous. I'll talk about that more later. I think because the only movie coming out this week is a Super Pets movie. I do want to see that. I don't know if that's really a podcast feature movie. I mean, I I'm totally down. I totally, totally, totally want to see it. But I think what I might do is see Nope instead, since that came out this week maybe you've gone out to see it or maybe you've been waiting i think i you know i'm I'm hearing good things about it so i think i think it might be worth even though it'll be a week late i think we might go with nope and then the following week i'm not even sure i think there's something i feel like there's something coming out the following week but if there's not then maybe i'll see the super pets but i feel like there's something else anyways thank you for listening uh i hope all this went i don't even remember how this podcast went Uh, so hopefully it went well for you and i hope you're doing well i hope i survive and um i hope this makes it up without any without a hitch whatever i hope you're doing well i hope you take care of yourself and i hope you remember to be good to each other